What's up, y'all? This is Below the Belt, and you're checking out the illest Caucasian. Rhymes blazing. I'm right here, double platinum, triple, quipple, amazing. Just listen to the sound I get, chilling with y'all people watching Gangsta Flicks in Baltimore. Just to let you know a little more. The ice, baby, that's what's in store. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> <laughs> On, wax off. They're here. guys it's time once again for another episode of btb below the belt show the quarantine edition aka hey, the stay at home edition of below the belt show i'm your host al soto aka celebrity soto your host for the most here for your weekly pleasure guys we've got an incredible <laughs> show from top to bottom so let's go ahead and introduce the amazing panel that we've assembled tonight starting with that's right he is the king of the 80s the demotivational speaker, the one and only Chachi McFly. I do miss being in the studio together. We do. We do miss that. You know, it's like karate, but we still have to be six feet apart. So. Yeah, but I mean, I miss the regular world. We could all be <laughs> right. on the same sofa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I never thought I'd miss that dirty studio. Right. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, if anywhere in the world is like immune to the coronavirus, is that studio. Right, right. But nonetheless, guys, let's go ahead and introduce the rest of the panel. That's right. She is affectionately known as Your Grace. She, <laughs> she's the one and only Morgan Fabulous. What's up, Morgan? Hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Al. It's always good to be good here. To have you back, Morgan Fab? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she's actually called into Below the Belt show before, but as a special red carpet correspondent. But now we're bringing her on as a guest co-host on Below the Belt show. If you loved our amazing interviews with actor Madison Smith, with actress Alicia Rataru, and a, a slew of other great Vancouver-based talent on Below the Belt show, this Lady was responsible for it. She is a PR extraordinaire. She is a good friend. And she is back on Below the Belt show. The one and only Ashley Buck. Hi, Al. Thanks for having me. I, I, we, finally, we finally got me on. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, Taking a few months. <laughs> I, knew, I knew from your, your um, social media post that you are very, very knowledgeable in pop culture. And I, I figured you should share... That amazing knowledge and love of everything in the world of entertainment. And uh, 
we had to have you on as a guest co-host. So uh, we're happy to have you on the first half of BTB show tonight. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I can't stay for the whole thing. We have um uh, the Vancouver Leo Awards are today, and a couple of my clients are nominated for mm-hmm. awards, and their categories start at seven thirty. Very nice. Yeah, so That's I, awesome. I support support them. So absolutely. fingers. We totally understand that. And uh, let's uh, speaking of awards, let's just go right into it. Actually, I'll hold that note, but we have to announce tonight's guest for those uh, listening. Um, wow, this is a really awesome horror comedy film uh, that's called Uncle Peckerhead. Uh, <laughs> interesting name. It's a lighthearted horror film, if there's you know, such a thing as that. But uh, <laughs> there is a genre that exists that's lighthearted, yet um, you know, very gory and very, uh, <laughs> very gruesome. But um, we welcome Chet Siegel, um, who plays a lead role, Judy, in uh, that film, which you can actually get on demand starting on August 11. It's going to be in select theaters on August 7th. Um, Chet is also uh, best known for. Right. Very select theaters. And Chet is actually um, best known for her work. Uh, recurring role on Search Party on um, now on HBO Max, um, which you can catch all three seasons on there now. So let's go ahead and talk about the Emmy nominations. This is your specialty, Ashley. We had to start with <laughs> Emmys. Um, just uh, those, so the Emmys will be virtual. They just uh, announced. They just confirmed it will not be an in-person event, sadly. Uh, so we will not be on the red carpet, Ashley. You will not be. Um, Reviewing <laughs> and rating uh, the worst and best dressed uh, for the might Emmys. Be, though, because I have a feeling that all of these actors will still put money into hair and makeup and will still get dresses and suits donated. I still have a feeling that they're all going to be pretty, okay. pretty well done up for this award show so regardless. They'll be, so they'll be sitting at home in their tuxedos, tailored suits, and gowns. In the comfort of their own homes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this will be a very interesting thing to see, guys. Jimmy Kimmel, the host with the most, will be. uh, uh, I thought I was the host most, but this is the. (laughs) 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 But uh, will be uh, hosting the Emmys um, from the comfort of your own home. I think he's going to be in the studio, and everybody will be um, joining virtually. But let's talk about the nominees. There are some big surprises. There's some snubs. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about all of them. Let's just go down the list. Outstanding lead actor in a comedy series: Anthony Anderson, Blackish; Don Cheadle for Black Monday; Ted Danson for The Good Place; Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method. Eugene Levy for Schitt's Creek and Rami Youssef for Rami. Any uh, favorites that stick out here? I am a new Schitt's Creek fan. I am best show. I am, I am like show. season two now, so I'm gonna hopefully get caught, all caught up. Um, I started around the time of the SAG Awards when I met Annie Murphy at the Netflix party, and I promised her that I would watch the rest of her season because it said it was such a great show. Um, and I've I've held this my promise uh, so far, as so I do have to finish the series, but. Uh, Man, I think this is Eugene Levy's first nomination. So, um, in the lead actor category. So, good for him. I would love. I would He's love great. Eugene. I would love Eugene to win this uh, year. Um, he, I think it'll be between him and Ted Danson for the Good Place. Um, okay. Speaking of uh, Schitt's Creek, though, I'm so glad it's become such a huge hit in the states. We're so proud of it up uh, here in Canada. 
I'm proud of the cast. Your, and, yeah. Yeah, it's one of our one of our shows, and and it came on Pop TV down in the states, and it yep. just blew up down there and none of us up here ever expected it you know sometimes Canadian content crosses the border Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make it but the show is phenomenal and you know I I, it it could be Eugene Levy's year for sure I mean he's so funny in it I love him people yeah well yeah he's great in that people are obsessed with Schitt's Creek like I almost wore my ew David shirt tonight um <laughs> we 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 like binged watch that and i we have pop tv so i remember we were like watching it before everyone else so i felt cool but uh yeah. i i mean i just loved that show and i think eugene levy was great um i also i've watched blackish i like that show don shields great in black monday um but yeah i think you're right i think Ted Danson may also clinch it, but I would love to see Eugene Eugene get it for Schitt's Creek for sure. Yeah, and yeah. I have an uncle who's been mistaken for Eugene Levy before. Um, oh, wow. Really? Uncle owns, like, yeah, he owns a plumbing company. He went to our, a bar mitzvah for one of his customers, and some woman <laughs> came up to him like, like, oh, Mr. Levy, Mr. Levy, it's so good for you to um, come here. And, like, he's kind of just played along, and I, I guess somebody told him, like, oh, she thinks you're Eugene Levy, the actor from American Pie. And it so is now he just so funny. I mean, I, like, I, mean I think I have you know, a slight resemblance to him, but I you mean. You have to show me a photo. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And he was at a bar mitzvah, right? So yeah. Sense, and and right? so like. Because um, he's a Jewish. He's a Jewish man. So yeah. This girl that I was dating, I told her that my uncle was Eugene Levy. And I told her that like a year before she Trying met him. Trying totally, I get it. I get totally it. Totally forgot about it. And then like, um, so, he, so when she finally met him, she's like, oh, can you introduce me to your uncle, um, Eugene Levy? I'm like. <laughs> like oh sure so then he, she was over there and she takes a picture with him and stuff and oh she's my like, so god good, so good to meet you so and then she posted it on girl. she posted it on facebook and then um and then people started telling her like that's not eugene levy like what are you talking about and then she was so pissed at me after that <laughs> she's like so you lied to me too. she's like you lied to me for a year i'm like no i lied to you once and i forgot about it for a year <laughs> and then i just lied to you again a year later <laughs> All right, let's go on to an outstanding lead in a comedy series. Um, we have Christina Applegate, Dead to Me, Rachel Brosnahan, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Linda Cardellini, Dead to Me, Catherine O'Hara, Schitt's Creek, Issa Rae for Insecure, and Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. You know what? Rachel's won before, you know, but, um, you know, I, I, you know, Christina Applegate's been um, nominated. I don't know if she's one yet it'd be nice to see her win but um and tracy alice ross i believe has won multiple times as well so i'm I'm all about spreading the love and having someone new win this one so why not have it be a a schitt's creek um emmys this year (laughs) let Catherine o'hara take this one i don't know um any thoughts about funny i was just reading um yesterday about um christine Mm -hmm. applegate was actually the second kelly bundy to be cast for the role in the pilot, mm-hmm. had a, actually had a different mm-hmm. Kelly Bundy, oh, who was wow. like, was like one of the best friends on the movie um, "Can't Buy Me Love." It was her, oh. and it was actually a different Bud Bunny too. But both of them got um, scrapped uh, when the show finally, um, you know, filmed for the season. I see. There's a little bit of trivia. A little okay. bit of trivia, but um, but uh, you know what? I'm more intrigued about the the drama series because Game of Thrones is no longer contention. So a lot of uh, 
actors from other great shows are getting their chance to shine. Um, Ozark has been one of my favorites. Oh, good. Um, Jason Bateman, nominated for lead actor in a drama series. Sterling K. Brown, This Is Us. Steve Carell, The Morning Show. Brian Cox's Session. Billy Porter for Pose and Jeremy Strong also Succession. Um, man, I'd love to see Jason Bateman get this one, but Steve Carell did Steve, Steve Carell did such a great job in the Morning Show, man. I mean, it's just it's a it's a type of role I haven't seen him do before. Sterling K. Brown is also fantastic. Yeah, but people but, you who know, saw that show said it was boring. Yeah, I didn't see it. That's the, the show. show. That's the show. But I think the acting. I think Steve Carell's yeah. acting was was great because it was very different. It was very film. different. It was definitely a series. Yeah. Uh, for it, I'm partial to uh, Billy Porter for Pose. Um, okay. His performance in that show is just unbelievable. He brings so much emotion and so much heart mm-hmm. to his character that like he makes me cry every week. Uh. <laughs> you know. <laughs> wow. Honestly. How- but the, I mean, that's a tough category too. It is. It is. How's the Sterling... for Better Call Saul nominated in that category? That was one of the snubs I was going to get into. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk has been snubbed in the Emmys uh, for several times. I he's think he's been right? amazing on that show. Yeah. So uh, for whatever reason, he's been overlooked. I don't know. But uh, lead actress in a drama series. All right. So we have Jennifer Aniston, The Morning Show, Olivia Coleman, The Crown. Jodie Comer, Killing Eve, Laura Linney, Ozark, Sandra Oh, Killing Eve, and Zendaya, Euphoria. I, I so so Zendaya being nominated for Euphoria was a surprise, yeah. but I I think she's like the dark horse, and I would love for her to win. I thought she did phenomenal in Euphoria. Chacha, I know you were annoyed by her portrayal of Mary Jane or Michelle in the Spider-Man movies. MJ, yeah, MJ. So her acting in Euphoria was just so good. It's just such a powerful, heavy role. Uh, Morgan, have you seen uh, Euphoria? I haven't, but I've been told to watch it. it, it it's um, really good. It's and really, I like really good. Zendaya. Um, I, I mean, I, I had a like I would I'd listened to her, some of her music like back in the day, um, and I liked her in Greatest Showman. But yeah. I heard that this is that she's very good in this. It's like, um, you know, more depth for her, I guess. Absolutely, there's so much depth, and uh, but she's so young, so she, I'm also tempted to be should like, should we give it to a young person? Your time you will know, come. Like that's a very good point. That's a very good point. But man, she plays, you know, a struggling addict, you know, in in this oh. film, in the sorry, in the series. Um, I just, do just to say, oh yeah, she's great for this category. There were quite a few snubs. Um, on my end, yeah, um, for sure. Steve Nehorn, uh from Better yes. Call Saul should have been 100%. nominated. Number one, um, she's constantly given an excellent performance in every season. She should have been nominated so and won. A big one. Mm-hmm. And then the other big ones were, you know, the cast of Pose, other than Billy Porter. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about MJ Rodriguez, Angelica Ross, you know, India Moore, Dominique Jackson, um, and Haley Sahar, like all of them. They've been snubbed now for, I believe, the show's been on for two seasons. Their performances are almost unmatched by some other shows that I've seen. And, you know, wow. I know we can't give, we can't nominate 10 people for a category. Even yeah, though six is a limit, right? I, I believe so, yeah. I I just feel like it's, 
their their time and i was really disappointed especially mj rodriguez she is completely the yeah. heart of that all right you're right Maria, though like she's amazing and like she should have won years ago um like, i feel like yeah i think most of the most of the um, people nominated are people that that they know from hollywood not not you know not really from tv it seems like they're actors who have been in movies and now like they're getting nominated for emmys that's exactly what it is yeah wow Yes, because as you know, it's the golden age of television. So all these one-time movie actors are now doing these high-budget, you know, TV series on all these streaming platforms. And yes, the ones that are just known for being TV stars have been overlooked. So that's a very good point. Um, next category is the outstanding lead actor in a limited series or movie. Jeremy Irons for Watchmen. Hugh Jackman, Bad Education. Dang. Paul Mescal, Normal People. Jeremy Pope, Hollywood, and Mark Ruffalo. I know this much is true. Um, See, it's, all, it's all actors from movies. It is, and I was going to say part. one that, mm-hmm. that got snubbed for me was not a, not a TV actor as well. It's um, Chris Evans for his portrayal in uh, Defending Jacob. Uh, was brilliant. I was quite surprised um, that that's he a was limited surprised. series, though, right? It, it is, or yeah, yeah, right. And so that was surprising, and you know, not only that. Um, he also did, you know, how they do all the marketing and interviews and stuff and yeah. themselves to get nominated. There was a new interview daily and some of these actors didn't do any. So it was surprising. But with that being said, I think Hugh Jackman's going to get it. All right. Um, outstanding lead actress in a limited series of movie, Kate Blanchett, Mrs. America, Shira Haas, Unorthodox, Regina King, Watchmen, Octavia Spencer, Self-Made, Kerry Washington, Little Fires Everywhere, I haven't seen Self-Made or Little Fires Everywhere, so I can't comment, although those are two incredible actresses. I have seen Watchmen. Um, let's give it to Regina King. I mean, she's just Love just her. amazing. She's just amazing in everything she's done. Um, I hope to have her own Below the Belt show uh, one day because yeah. her publicist has been very good to us. Um, gave us a lot of clients, but we're still waiting for Regina yeah, King. It'll be between her and Kate Blanchett. Have any of you guys watched Mrs. America on FX? Uh, yeah, that's, I had not watched it. Yeah. It is brilliant. I couldn't wait to see every episode because you can't binge it. It's a weekly show, which I love. I love the weekly. Me too. Yes, you know, me I too. Love that, you know, um, it was brilliant from the first episode. I said, if she doesn't get it, I would be shocked. But then Regina was nominated as well. And Watchmen was also brilliant. So I would say it's definitely between those two. That's right. And and the, the two shows that you mentioned, Watchmen and Mrs. America, also uh, nominated for Outstanding Limited Series. Joining them includes um, Little Fires Everywhere, Unbelievable on Netflix, and um, Unorthodox. Those are the um, Outstanding Limited Series right there. And then we have your Outstanding Comedy Series, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Wow, getting a nomination. That show's uh, always the, a pleasure. For the whole series? Yeah, yep, the, uh, okay, cool. the whole series, the outstanding awesome. series. Dead to Me, um, SNL, interesting, Saturday Night Live, getting an Emmy nomination. No, that's a... <laughs> you know what, and this is interesting, there is a variety um, category uh, right. for the Emmys. Why is SNL just not killing that category? Now it's considered a comedy series, but it is what it is, I guess. I don't know, they, they, they want to put uh, give SNL a better platform, I guess. I don't know. We also have Insecure, The Kaminsky Method, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Schitt's Creek. And this is a, a big surprise for a lot of people. A lot of friends have told me the show's great. What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, it's so funny. Is it, is it good? Yeah. You, have you seen the movie? 
I had not. No, no, I had so, not. So yeah. The show is based on the movie. Um, yes. It's freaking hilarious. And the show is hilarious. Like, you just okay. cry from laughter. It's amazing. Oh. All so right. Is, is it, wasn't there an original movie, like, from the 70s or something? Or, yeah. So it kind of, and then Johnny Depp. No, re- that's different. That's a totally oh, different. That's different? Okay. okay. Yeah, that's a totally, totally different movie. Ah, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, some great, great uh, nominees there. Give it to Larry uh, I did. I've watched a few episodes. You have. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We also have outstanding drama series, uh, Better Call Saul. Good. Show okay. uh, the Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, Ozark, Succession, and two very surprising additions. I am happy because I'm a fan of. Big fan of both these shows. Um, one is Stranger Things, oh. which um, usually mm-hmm. gets overlooked by the Emmys. It's been um, the the SAG Awards loves Stranger Things, but the Emmys in the past has overlooked Stranger Things. But really? this is a big surprise, guys. Everyone knows that Star Wars is my favorite fandom. The Mandalorian, oh my gosh, yeah. has been nominated oh. for outstanding drama series. What a top <laughs> category! Just, wow. I, <laughs> I had to double check that when they announced it. I was like, I guess I just watched it. And I was like, really? I I, I think it's great. It's fantastic. Uh, You know, and and usually those shows of that genre get overlooked, just like in in the Oscars. Um, But then you see like shows like Watchmen, you know, um, which is a a DC Comics uh, related film and and, and shows like that getting the attention uh, during these endings. It's it's changing. Yeah. You know, a few years back, you know, it was always network and I thought it would always be network. And then people in the industry were like, you know, we don't want to give it to streaming. We don't want them coming in. Well, unfortunately, that's where the programming is now. There's still a lot of network. I watch a lot of network television. But there's so much great content on streaming that you have no choice but to bring these shows into these categories now. You're one of the few people I know that still watches Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Shocking. (laughs) 17 seasons in, you're still watching. We talked about it last week. I know. (laughs) And I rewatched at the beginning of quarantine, I rewatched the first six Like. I love it. I say give it to Better Call Saul, but I mean, Stranger Things was amazing for season three, and The Mandalorian yes. was great too. But Mandalorian, I think, has a number of years that so they can still get it. But I mean, Better Call yeah. Saul, I think, definitely deserves it. It does, it but my money's fashionable. But, but yeah, if I, if I were to pre- predict, it would be either The Crown or Succession. Yeah, That's just a prediction based. Unfortunately. Who you want to win and who you predict to win is two, two different separate and things. Who deserves to win, I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Deserve, okay, so it deserves once right. and predicts. <laughs> There's three, <Yeah. laughs> three horses in the race there. Yeah. Um, supporting actor in a comedy series, Andre Brower, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, William Har- uh, Jackson Harper, The Good Place, Alan Arkin, The Kaminsky Methods, Sterling K. Brown, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Wow, Sterling K. Brown's in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's right. Tony Shalhoub, um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Mahershala Ali, Rami, Keenan Thompson, SNL, and Daniel Levy for Shit's Creek. Um, wow, and there's some new uh, new surprises. Keenan Thompson, that's a, a surprise. Um, I mean, Sterling K. Brown's an excellent actor, so 
But the fact he's already nominated for This Is Us in the lead category, so he still could take home two. He could he could still wow. take home two. I, I'm not sure. I, I want Daniel Lee. You know, I like Schitt's Creek, but I don't think it's Daniel's gonna win it. Um, it's his final year to to get it though. Mm-hmm. I would yeah, I would like one of the um talents, uh, one of the actors from Schitt's Creek to win because it is the last season, the last time they'll be eligible uh, right. to win. And then we have Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie, Uzo Duba for Mrs. America, Tony Collette, Unbelievable, Margot Martindale, Mrs. America, Gene Smart, Watchmen, Holland Taylor, Hollywood, and Tracy Ullman, Mrs. America. Um, three actors were nominated for Succession uh, for Supporting Actor, Nicholas Braun, Kieran Culkin, and Matthew McFadden. Wow, Succession cleaning up. We have two actors from... The Morning Show, Mark Duplass and Billy Crudup. We have Jeffrey Wright in Westworld. He's an excellent actor. Love Westworld. Bradley Whitford from The Handmaid's Tale and Giancarlo Esposito. Better Call Saul. Um, Give it to Giancarlo. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, got yeah. coming back. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> he can say nothing and just be menacing or being be charming. Or, a or facial expression. Or wield a dark saber. In yes. yes. Great <laughs> actor. Great yeah. actor. He could do it all. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I would love for Giancarlo Esposito to win, and 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 for better to call Saul to get some more Emmy love for sure. Supporting actress in a yeah, uh, supporting actress in a comedy series. We have Alex Bornstein, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Darcy Carden, The Good Place, Betty Gilpin, Glow, Marin Hinkle, Maisel. Kate McKinnon, Saturday Night Live. Yvonne Orji, Insecure. Cecily Strong, also Saturday Night Live. And uh, my favorite, Annie Murphy, Alexis from Schitt's Creek. Come on, Alexis. Come on. Um, this, is your, uh, this is your chance. I, I really hope she gets it. A um, um, couple more categories before we, uh, let's see. We have Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. Helena Bottom Carter, The Crown, Laura Dern, Big Little Lies. Julio Garner, Ozark, Sandy Newton, Westworld, Fiona Shaw, Killing Eve, Sarah, Snook, Succession, Meryl Streep, Big Little Lies, and Samir Wiley, The Handmaid's Tale. I believe Julia Garner won um, previously. Um, she's just so good as Ruth in Ozark. And again, oh, she's great. for yeah. me, it's all about transformation. It's about being able to become someone else that you're totally... Yeah, uh, totally different person, and she does this in, in this character British, Ruth. Right? No, British? she's not British. Yeah, she's British. a New Yorker. New Yorker. She's a New Yorker yeah. Um, but yeah, she's just she nails that Southern accent. Um, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Her accent is totally different in real life. Yeah, I you might have heard it right. with Julia. She, yeah, I did. I did. Definitely very American. Um, yeah, yeah. Which I'm glad because I mean we we have had British actors with Southern draws before, but I don't know. You know. I, I never, I haven't watched that show except for this season because Matt would watch it and I would, and I just, I would find myself going, who's that? What's happening? What's this? And like, <laughs> I, it's very, it was very good. And I usually, Al, you know, I like 
comedy and yes, you know fantasy yes, and yes. i mean just you the last right. episode i was like i was not prepared like yeah, yeah, the, show, not. the show starts off um slow the first season did you say holy shit what the fuck what happens yeah i was like ah i was like can't go to bed now gotta watch <laughs> something to like i think me. a lot of people uh have watched it already but uh, if it's what i'm alluding to it listeners if you haven't seen ozark the finale of season yeah. three, but yes, we're alluding to when Helen gets her head blown off, right? Right. That's what you're alluding to. I mean, I Holy smokes. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah, and that show started off like, really slow the first season, but man, season two, and then especially season three, this is amazing. You thought season one was kind of slow? So good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still enjoyed it, but it wasn't like a fast moving show, but now it's like kind of like Breaking Bad type of um, action. Okay. I can see that. Yeah, yeah I, don't it's mind a, I don't mind a slow burn. A slow burn. Chachi <laughs> McFly, like slow burn. There you go. So we also have the outstanding actor in a limited series or movie. Uh, Dylan McDermott, Hollywood. Jim Parsons, also Hollywood. Three actors from Watchmen uh, includes Louis Gossett Jr., Jovan Adepo, and Yahya Abdul-Mateen. The second. Oh, and oh, the second. Okay, I think it's the first. Second. You totally confused me there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know how many Yaya Abdul Mateens are there. I know. Bunch. And, Apparently and, <laughs> Oh, there's way and, more than that. At least. And Titus Burgess for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, this one could go to either, any of them, you know. I mean, they're all good actors. Louis Gossett Jr. I mean, come on, you know, he's I love he's a legend. I loved Hollywood. Did anyone else watch that? I watched the uh, the the pilots. Oh, I, the pilots. I did oh, watch it. You didn't watch? Ashley, you have you have an opinion on Hollywood, don't you? I do. So I thought it was stunning. Uh, the production was stunning. I saw what they were trying to do with the story. Unfortunately, right. it just didn't land right with me. Um, yeah. It's just me. I saw what they were trying to do. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't more, know. Yeah, I think that's more of like I don't think the acting was that great, and I don't think it a hundred percent landed. But I liked the idea of it, and I like. Yeah. I mean, I like the glamour of like old Hollywood, and it was it was nice. Like it's it's nice to imagine what could have happened if they had allowed black women to be the lead and get and gay love yeah. like. That was at least, you know, my fantasy mind taking over. And I completely agree. Completely agree. I think what I had a hard time with is when you're taking stories about real people, say like Rock Hudson, and we're saying this could have happened, but unfortunately it didn't. And Rock Hudson's one of my heroes. I'm very big into the golden age of Hollywood. And unfortunately with him, that didn't happen. I know we're trying to fantasize, but he had a very hard life. He was, you know, the very end. And while we're saying, yeah, it would be nice to happen, are we looking at this and erasing kind of his story? I really, I thought I was thinking, watching that show, just thinking about the story, whether it was about him or Hattie McDaniel or Peg and Twistle, who was the one who jumped. And, you know, I think what they could have done is, you know, had um, the character play Peg, even though she was a woman of color, well, why did we have to change the name to Meg? Aren't we trying to cast? People, no matter what they look like in any role so I didn't I really I watched the whole show one day 
Like I just went through it. So there was a lot of thinking and I thought it was, it was stunning. I like, I just wanted to jump through my TV and go back into that time, but yeah, it just didn't <laughs> last well. And yes. I was really surprised at all the nominations, to be honest. Yeah. The show got quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is a fun category. Outstanding animated series. Big Mouth, Bob's Burgers, BoJack Horseman, Rick and Morty, and The Simpsons. And uh, I hope it goes to BoJack Horseman. Yeah. I mean, that okay. Show is brilliant. It's I'm brilliant. a Rick and Morty fan, so I I'm my my vote I for like Rick and Morty. I like Simpsons and Bob's Burgers. Okay, well, we're <laughs> on the vibe animated shows. Chachi, do you have an animated favorite in this bunch? No. Of okay, so you're I not mean, a fan I of. Light and easy, you know. Simpsons been on forever. Bob's Burgers is kind of funny, but I haven't watched. Morty, just this, this no. most recent season. So, just some notes on the Emmys. Well, there's more categories, but we don't need to talk about just the really big ones. But uh, yeah. so um, so we uh, 2020 saw Netflix uh, pull away from HBO in a nominations race. So their uh, Netflix really uh, killed it um, in the nominations, um, uh, which is great. Um, but, um, let's talk about, um, some of the other interesting, uh, aspects of the Emmys. Um, there's more diversity this year. Um, 34.3% of the acting nominees are African-American. Um, so that's definitely up from, uh, 19.8% last year. That's a significant jump in, um, actors of color, uh, being nominated. There's also two nominees that have passed away. Um, Lynn Shelton, um, who scored a nod for Best Directing in Limited Series for Little Fires Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Also, Fred Willard um, was nominated as well for... Um, he was nominated for... Ooh, do I even have that information? Uh, it was for it was for his work as um, Phil Dumphy's father on Modern Family. It was for Modern Family. Thank you, thank you. That's right. He was a guest actor for um, Modern Family because yeah, he was. Yep. Um, so let, I'd say give it give it to both of them. You know, um, let their legacy um, you know shine through uh, those two. Um, um, also, um, anything else uh, that we want to. Uh, mention uh so you know what's interesting with jen aniston being nominated this is her first drama nomination as you know she's been you know known for friends and you know you know arguably the best comedy of all time she did win the seg for it um that's right she won i was actually there (laughs) she did win the seg for it so she's got she's got a good chance um i liked her in the morning show it was really good yeah uh, let's see. Other big snubs include the morning show for best drama, and yes, I think Chachi, you mentioned that you didn't think it was a great show. Maybe the a lot of the television academy agreed with you and didn't nominate it for the show, although they didn't want to overlook Steve Carell's acting. Uh, I haven't watched it. I've heard. I'm just saying what I've heard from people. Did any of you guys watch Devs on FX with Nick? I heard that was actually. I heard that was a really good one. It was so good. It was probably one of the best shows I've seen what, this year. And was it, el- it miss eligibility, or do you think it was was it no, snubbed? No, it, it got nominated for um, you know um, production, production, uh, okay. creative arts Emmys, but no acting. Um, Nick Offerman was brilliant. Like it was not a comedy. This is not a comedic show. It's wow. called Death. 
So D E V S. Yes, and it was yeah, heard of show, yeah. And they just kind of snuck it in in like May and June, and there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of advertising. And I just came across it. I said, okay, let's check this out. I mm-hmm. highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it. The cast is brilliant, and I think you know um, they all could have been nominated if more people saw it. You know, Nick Offerman. Sonoya Mizuno and Allison Pill are all in it. And the entire, even the entire cast was serving. So it's a bit of a sci-fi kind of show. Um, I love sci-fi, so yeah. Yeah, it comes from um, Alex Garland, so Ex Machina. So it kind of takes you into that weird, techie, sci-fi world. Oh, it sounds like I'd love that show. So honestly, that should have been nominated for actors and stuff. But anybody who hasn't seen it, anybody, you guys are out there listening please watch it, Dabs, just so I can have someone else to talk to about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Elizabeth Moss, surprisingly, not nominated for The Handmaid's Tale this year. Wow. A lot of people were, uh, said yeah. that was really shocking that she was, nomin- was not nominated. And, of course, we mentioned earlier Bob Odenkirk and Rhea Seahorn for Better Call Saul. Also okay. snubbed. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Better Call Saul, not getting too much Emmy love. Um, next season's the last season, so they might... Um... Might. Yeah, I'm kind of give him uh, the Mad Men award. You know how Mad Men didn't like start winning yeah. for the final season. <laughs> yeah. Um, you notice that a lot, you know, when yeah. it's like the final, just give them for their due. I was also surprised that Rose Byrne wasn't nominated for Mrs. America. She was the only one, like oh, wow. in okay. that category. In I love Rose Byrne. She love played her. Gloria Steinem. Um, oh, yeah, brilliant, but she, she was the only one who didn't get nominated and supporting an actress and i was quite surprised i mean i'm happy with all the rest not a problem but i was i was shocked okay wow so um that's the emmys that's happening in september and of course um the golden globes they announced key voting uh dates for the 78th annual golden globe awards um it's gonna be uh it's gonna take place on february 28th um and uh, again, they're moving um, awards show a little bit later in 2021. Uh, number one, because of the pandemic, and number two, because a lot of new um, series and, and films are not getting um, released uh, in a timely fashion because of the pandemic. So, But yes, we had another huge um, event that took place over the last four days. Comic-Con, guys. Comic-Con at home took place um last thursday friday saturday and sunday it um had some really great panels let's just talk uh, about some of the highlights um well we saw the new mutants panel um we're coming out <laughs> yes it's, it's funny because they actually made fun of the multiple release dates for it so in the beginning of the panel uh video they said coming out this date no this date and then you know tried to you know poke fun at that but um no, they actually have um, a release date of August 28th in theaters with a bu- with fingers crossed in quotes. <laughs> so as you know, with pandemic things keep changing, but um, it was great. It was great to see um, you know Maisie Williams, Arya Stark, and Anya Taylor Joy, and Charlie Heaton the rest of the cast um just you know talk about uh and they didn't really spill any more uh secrets uh for the film they showed um an updated trailer which is cool i'm more curious about if this movie will be um absorbed into the mcu 
if it's a big hit, I wonder if it would be, and they'll keep some of the same actors, which Why I think, not? yeah, we'll Disney's, see. Disney's stubborn. I don't know <laughs> if it will. I mean, this movie no? meant to, was meant to come out years ago, and yeah. it's pushed and pushed and pushed, and I think it's going to remain its own entity because with the now with the pandemic, they pushed all the next phase of Marvel um exactly. by months or years and then you know the next group marvel film is coming out is the eternals so i think that's where they'll probably grab more actors and more characters by the way i'm a big marvel nerd just yes, yes, <laughs> um, so they'll um probably grab some of those characters and i think just because of the new mutants because it was supposed to come out a while ago and those cast members have moved on to bigger projects you know themselves yeah it's true more that I don't know if they'll be brought into the the full MCU. Maybe on Disney Plus. I love to see it. I, I think it's a matter of whether it's a big hit or not. I think if it if it's because the Dark Phoenix wasn't um was it the last um the the, the previous uh Marvel Fox film? Yeah, I think, I think so. it was yeah. Rise, of Phoenix, yeah. Rise of Phoenix or Dark Phoenix. Um, that film wasn't critically received. I still enjoyed it. I still liked it, but you know me, I'm easy to please when it comes to Marvel stuff. Um, but, uh, I think, um, yeah, if this film's a big hit. Um, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. Um, and then of course, another, uh, one of my favorite fandoms is the walking dead. We saw the, uh, three walking dead panels, one for the main show, walking dead, one for fear, the walking dead, and one for Walking Dead World Beyond. Um, so they just announced that the Walking Dead Season 10 finale, which was um, delayed because of the pandemic, they couldn't finish post-production stuff, will air on October 4th. And also, right after that, the Walking Dead World Beyond will premiere on October 4th immediately after. And then Fear the Walking Dead will premiere on October 11th. So Ugh. really need to release that season finale now. I mean, I right. need it. <laughs> I need it now. And we're all looking for some content to watch. Yes. Summer. Ashley, you are a Walking Dead Walking fan? Dead season finale now. Okay. You are you are a big fan of Walking Dead? I am a huge fan of the Walking Dead. Yeah. Just the yeah, main show, fan. right? Yeah, just the main show, because as we mentioned earlier, I watch a lot of network and I got into Fear the Walking Dead and then I got behind. I might check out the world beyond, but no, I'm definitely just kind of the main um, main fandom. But like, really, we have to wait till October for all three properties. Like, just get it out now, guys. We've been waiting (laughs) months already. You got it in the can. Let's go. Let's go. I think they're doing it because they really want to get people to watch this world beyond i get but, it but I then get why it. not but why not just air you're right like air it in august but you know we don't have very much like two couple months so it's not too it's not too far off actually get the ratings you know if they release <laughs> it they will get the ratings for that uh, day that, i that know but the, the panel was you know was fun we saw lauren cohen who, as you know she'll be a series regular uh, yes. Um, so oh, last gosh. week I said that I haven't seen any other articles to talk about Michonne returning in season 12. So that might have been from a news source that is not too reliable. They didn't allude to Michonne returning uh, to The Walking Dead at all. But um, but the um, the Kirkman, the Robert Kirkman panel did talk about the Rick Grimes movies a little bit. He said that he would be involved with all three films so when they're ready to 
um, start production. I know the scripts are ready, at least for the first of the three films. Um, I'm sure they'll talk about it. But he, he was mostly talking about his show, Invincible, which is going to feature pretty much all Walking Dead Walking cast. Dead. Yeah. It's going to be doing voiceover. So it's an animated series. Um, Lauren Cohen, Chad Coleman, Michael Cudlitz, Lenny James, Ross Marquance, and Equal Martin Green, and Steven Yoon will all be <laughs> a part of this cast. It's crazy. It's literally the, a Walking Dead voiceover project. Um, I mean, not. I mean, they're not. Most of those aren't on the Walking Dead anymore. Sorry, spoiler alert, but it's been on for. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Year. So yeah, you know, right. we haven't caught up yet. Well, we have Ross Marquand and, and Lauren Cohen. And Lauren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope Ross does a bunch of his voices because he's so good at voices yeah. and impressions. But you want to know what um, Invincible is about? It's kind of cool. It's uh, it's well, Stephen Yoon plays a 17-year-old teenager named Mark, who is like every other guy his age, except his father is the most powerful superhero on the planet, Omni-Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark also develops powers of his own. He discovers that his father's legacy may not be as heroic as it seems. Okay. Um, J.K. Simmons will voice Omni-Man. Oh, I love J.K. Simmons. Sandra Oh will voice Mark's mother. Wow. That's Holy heck, this is that's a heck of a... We have Walton Goggins, Zachary Quinto, Carrie Payton, also from Walking Dead, Zazzy Beats. This show is packed with great voice talent. Wow. It's wow! It's it's pretty awesome. And I can really, I mean, do you really care about having um, big name actors for for um, voiceover work? Like, no, because I even I have to say. So I'll I'll bring up one of my people. So my client Alicia Rotaru is. Love Alicia um, yeah, she's not she's not a household name, uh, but she's a name in respect that people do know her work um, from Arrow. Um, as Tiana on Arrow and in various movies and CW shows. Um, she does a lot of voiceover work, um, whether it's for video games, cartoons, um, commercials as well. Um, I, we, she'd love to be on um, an animated show. And I think if, and she's got the talent. And I think as long as they have the talent, they should be looked at. It doesn't I agree. have to be a big name. I mean, yes. It helps having, let's say, the main characters be big names because we're always going to be drawn to those names. We're always going to watch a show with yeah. big names. You're um, right. They could save on the budget by just hiring lesser-known actors, and, but they're and, putting all these big names and in get, it. Yeah. And get them the exposure. I mean, right. why not? You're absolutely uh, right. No, it's not, it's not a make-or-break thing. As, as long as the voicing is good and it's, and it's quality, I really don't care what your name is. Sure, again, networks and showrunners and people behind the shows are going to want a big name to draw people out but no it's not a make or break deal for me i, I yeah, agree you get all those cartoons as a kid you watched you didn't care who the um yeah. the actor I was I mean, I mean who the hell voiced papa smurf voice. yeah who, who voiced papa smurf you don't know no you're right i mean like onward for instance did they need um tom holland and christopher uh, chris pratt to uh voice those two characters i mean that film could have just done just as well with with you know a lesser known actor you know um but yeah well, yeah no the guy right. really didn't know um they voiced the characters yeah yeah, they live, yeah. yeah you're right <laughs> live action you know yes i, I get it because you, you see yeah. the actor on screen voiceovers yeah you don't, you don't really need those a-list actors and yeah i'm 
But um, another great panel was uh, Star Trek. Uh, they had a Star Trek Discovery um, panel. Um, you know, um, Star Trek, you know, I like Star Trek, um, but I'm more of a Star Wars fan, as you know. But they did announce that um, the upcoming um, Discovery uh, series uh, will be premiering on Thursday, October 15th. So for all you Discovery fans, um, be sure to check that one out. Um, a big movie that we're all excited for, and I'll announce here, as we announced last week, our special guest next week on Below the Belt show is Bill and Ted's Amy Stock, who plays the hot stepmother. Uh, nice. <laughs> yes, and she will be uh, in the new Bill and Ted Face the Music, Bill and Ted 3 movie. Um, and uh, yeah, this 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 panel was a lot of fun, you know. I mean, I'm glad Keanu's back uh, for this one. Alex is back. I mean, look, they they couldn't do the film without both of them. They yeah, have to have Keanu. Well, they would, but but they shouldn't. <laughs> right, exactly. Like Hollywood would, but like, yeah. How great is it that Keanu like, comes back and does Bill and Ted? Yeah. I mean, he yes. definitely doesn't need to. I mean, he's you know a this is for the fans, this right? For and fans. for him to go back to where he came from, not many actors would do that. I definitely yep. give him credit. Like he seems like it seems like a generally great guy, and like he seems like somebody who appreciates where he came from. Which you know, I think that's you know. They admirable. did reveal something very interesting in the panel, which is I'm surprised they dropped this on the panel, but uh, they did allude to George Carlin making some kind of cameo. Hmm. As you know, he had passed away in 2008. I think that's good. But, um, but I wonder. I'm. I'm I think they should have saved that for the film. I, I don't know why they revealed that yeah. um, during the panel. I expected um, it, but yeah. Yeah, right? I think Some that would have been a hologram nice... or something they're going to do. They're going to do something, and obviously they had to get permission, I'm sure, for from like the family. Like a flashback, maybe. Absolutely. Now we have, like, Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne. I mean, these are the most, pretty much most misinformed actresses they could have cast on this project, because they, they, they never watched Bill and Ted's prior to getting cast. They never really heard of it. Now, I mean, I can understand, well, you know, um, Samara is Australian. It wasn't a big hit in Australia, but Bridget Lundy Payne. I mean, I'm glad that they did their due diligence and watched the movies, but I was kind of disappointed to hear that they weren't into the films. But they didn't watch it until after they auditioned, right? I mean, they're playing their kids. I I mean, I never saw Bill and Ted when I I was born in 85. I don't think I saw it in theaters. So, you know, you I have to see it yeah. later yeah. on. So, you know, you kind of have to take that into into consideration that, you know, they may have not been alive. Yeah, but when you watch it before the audition, though, I would think. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, um, we'll have to wait and see how they do because obviously they have to they wanted to kind of honor them, the, the, the characters and, you know, have to portray their, their daughters. So we'll have to wait and see how well, that hopefully, um, Bill and Ted's still going to be the main focus of the uh, movie, which I think is going to be like, I hate when they like have so, like, you know, the original stars in there for like 10 minutes and it's all about their kids. Like, no, I think, it's, I think it's fully about them. I think it is fully think so. about them with their kids kind of being like my supporting yeah, they're still uh, the lead roles, Chad. Kind of like Cobra Kai, yeah. I hope it hits theaters, yeah. though, guys. Honestly, I hope. Well, it the latest news theaters. on Bill and Ted is that yeah. it's going to have a September first video on demand. Yeah, uh, digital. Really? Yeah. yeah. VOD on September first. It's not going to get a theater release. Um, hopefully, we can get a press yeah. 
a press screening link <laughs> prior to our interview. But Kevin Smith, um, you know, he saw it before he interviewed them. And, yeah. And he, of course. I mean, he said he loved it at least. I mean, yeah, hopefully he he's telling the truth. He said he cried. He said he, said he cried. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, That's very emotional for him. But yeah, we're looking forward to Amy Stock next week on Below the Belt. Uh, also, big panel was Guillermo del Toro's new movie Antlers. That's a horror film with Carrie Russell and Jesse Plemons. So um, centers around the <laughs> centers around the uh, Native American folklore creature, the Wendigo. Ooh. <laughs> so that should be an interesting one to check out. Um, Disney Plus has an animated film coming up called Phineas and Ferb. The yeah. movie. Yep. Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb. And, oh, I'm completely butchering that name, aren't I? Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> uh, so, uh, were you a fan, Your Grace? Uh, you're a fan of everything Disney, right, Your Grace? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't have children. I just know all the children. You show. don't have to have children to like Disney. Yeah, that's cool. You do not. I am a big Disney fan. I've been to Disneyland ten times. Yes, right. Wow. You don't have, have to. You don't have to. <laughs> well, here's another cool one: Marvel and Disney related on Disney Plus. It's Marvel Six One Six, a docu series that covers the history of Marvel comics through the lens of a series of individual filmmakers. Um, Jillian Jacobs of Community and Paul Shear of Black Monday joined the panel too. Share their experiences for directing episodes. Okay, for this series. So this is kind of cool. I think they're taking a um, a page from uh, the Disney Mandalorian, I guess, docu series. So uh, that should be kind of cool to check out. Yeah, my guess is that they're releasing that early because they were supposed to release um, Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Loki. These are all supposed to start releasing yeah. in August. Yep, and my guess yeah. is that maybe they played that after they started releasing, just like The Mandalorian did. Ugh. But now that's all production, which I'm just choked about on all these other We are all choked. We're not going to see any of those shows this year, are we? No, no. I don't think no. so. And so I think that's why they're bringing in the documentary to, to tide us Marvel nerds over for a little <laughs> bit, I think. Yeah. There is one more show, though, uh, Marvel-related. It's on Hulu called Hellstrom. And this is the uh, remaining uh, production um, that's not owned by MCU. Um, and and um, Kevin Feige. Um, so that stars uh, Elizabeth Marvel, um, Ariana Guerra, Robert Wisdom, and June Carroll. Uh, surprisingly, um, they they still have an independent Marvel because they they took all the Netflix you know Marvel shows. Um, they took them all um, away from Netflix. So I'm surprised they're still allowing this one to still continue. Yeah, Disney doesn't own everything. Like, say, like, Mark Ruffalo really wants um, his own Hulk movie, which I think we all want. But Disney doesn't have the actual ownership of the Hulk IP, I believe, in some way. That's Universal, I heard. Universal still owns it, and they just won't give it. They want to let it go. Come on, let Ruffalo do this Hulk movie. But yeah, so I think that's probably why Hulu's got all these properties and things like that. Yeah. It's pretty complicated with the properties. One move, one sorry, one show that I need to watch because everybody's saying how great Chachi. You've told me how great the show is. A lot of people have. It's The Boys, Um, and they had a panel at Comic Con. Um, The show's already been renewed for season three, but season two uh, just dropped, um, and they had a panel for that as well. Amazon also has uh, a panel for Utopia and dropped the trailer for that as well. That looks really cool too. 
Um, John Cusack stars in that as Dr. Kevin Christie, the CEO of a multinational corporation. Um, and uh, Utopia, you know, it looks pretty cool. I don't know if you uh, had a chance to check out the trailer, but um, it's a story about a rogue scientist who created biological warfare. Um, biological warfare is kind of what we're going through right now, isn't it? <laughs> Like, does anybody really want to watch that right now? <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> we don't want to watch it at all. Oh, man. So we also have Truth Seekers. Uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost um, will be on TV for the first time since Spaced ended. Um, if you're a fan of those two, um, they actually have done uh, great movies together, like Shaun of the Dead, Buddy Cop movies, Hot Fuzz, and Road Trips, Paul. And Alien Apocalypse films, uh, The World's End. So, um, His Dark Materials, another uh, show. Um, they're actually tying in a Fleabag reunion of sorts. Love yeah. Fleabag. That was a fun show. But uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge will be joining season two along with Andrew Scott, who played the priest in season two. Um, so that'd be kind of a cool little uh, Easter egg, I guess, of sorts for having them reunite on a different show. Um, Another show I still have yet to see. Ashley, I know you've seen his dark materials, haven't you? I have actually. Oh, I've seen it. What can you tell us about this show? Well, because I've read, so they're based on books by Philip Pullman, um, The Golden Compass, uh, The Subtle Knife, and and then I think his dark materials, which I loved. I mean, they're young adults, but they're fantasy. Um, there's with like some weird religion stuff tied in, but like, I loved them. Like, I think I own all three of the books. So then the movie, the golden compass came out in 2010, 2012 with Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig and like people hated it. Um, and so now they're doing the show and I thought, I thought it was great. Like I thought they did a very good, uh, version of it, but it's about, you know, different universes, different worlds. Um, there's cool. the fantasy cool. element in it. Um, I'm excited. I liked it. Awesome. 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 Another great show on Apple TV is called For All Mankind. Uh, they just shared a teaser for season two. Um, it's um, created by Ronald D. Moore uh, from Biosar Galactica fame. An alternate history drama. Um, you might like this one, Chachi, because they had actually um, in the trailer um, Ronald Reagan, a little voiceover of Ronald Reagan. Um, but it's about the 1980s tension between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. But, you know, it's a um, it's, I guess, a, a sci fi take of that. So it takes place in the 80s or, or what? Yeah, it takes place in the 80s. Yeah. That's but I guess so it's an alternate history drama. Yeah. But uh, Joel Kinnaman's in it and. Michael Dorman, Sarah Jones. So pretty good cast for that as well. Um, so uh, in addition to uh, Comic-Con, Comic-Con at Home, there's also the Justice Con, which is the Justice League Con. Took place uh, pretty much the same weekend, but there's some big news that dropped from that one. It was pretty much all about the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League, which I'm looking forward to. Ashley, are you looking forward to that? Well, I am, but like we have to also understand that it's not going to be. It's not like there's a, a a Snyder cut sitting there ready to be mm-hmm. shown. I think a lot of people think that that's what it is, but it's not. Like he still has to he has to take bits and pieces and put together things. And there might also possibly be reshoots, or that was the plan 
right. pandemic. But we have to understand that that's not what it's going to be like. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what it is, honestly, and how how he's going to put all these bits and bobs together. Um, honestly, again, DC, it wasn't my favorite. They, I, I feel like it, it wasn't done very well. Um, but I'm excited to see how this is going to look oh. different and feel different. Zack Snyder completely threw Joss under the bus. Joss Whedon, who, as you know, took over the directing duties. He said there will be no chance on earth that I will use a shot that was made prior or after I left the movie. I'd destroy the movie. I would set it on fire before <laughs> I would use a single frame that I did not photograph. Yikes. So he was very adamant that every shot that you will see in his cut is Zach's cut. Is literally Zach's um, direct, directing. It's not going to contain really any. And I'm surprised that, that it's happening, to be honest, because it, it it's was expensive. The fandom, yeah. who just—I mean, the fandom bought a billboard in Times Square, <laughs> like release the Snyder Cut. Yeah. And you know, I hope it doesn't really start a thing where you know fans are unhappy with their property, which generally fans are with everything that's released. You can't please <laughs> yes. everybody. Um, that we don't, you know, remake everything just because the fans want it. I mean, this is a totally different um, kind of situation. Yep. But and I really hope everybody's happy when it's released. Yeah, the imagine? only thing I want to see is the Eric Stoltz cut of Back to the Future. It's the one that I want to see. <laughs> I see. <laughs> you know, they're actually talking, uh, so they actually um, dropped a clip of Henry Cavill's Superman in an all-black Superman mm-hmm. Superman um, costume. Um, so that's cool. It's That was kind of a, um, a play on the Death of Superman storyline in the comic books. So I think that was a big part of, of Zach's um, story was was the death of superman and i think that was kind of eliminated from josh whedon's uh, cut of it but you know it shows more of superman coming back from the dead and that's why he's in the all black suit which was not used in the previous season um and you know they also talked about the ray fisher claims as you know he was throwing josh whedon under the bus again uh, <laughs> well this is a he said these comments before that that he was very unprofessional on set and um, and it's interesting because Joss Whedon was supposed to have some kind of Buffy panel at Comic-Con. They quietly canceled that con. Mm. I'm wondering what it has to do with the controversy surrounding Ray Fisher complaining about, um, Joss Whedon, about the allegations, um, that happened. But, um, you know, he did stand by his comments. He said he put out some pretty strong words. Every single one of those words, every single one of those comments is true. So yeah, he's he's very adamant about his uh, that. So um, another interesting thing um, from the uh, Justice Con was Jeffrey Dean Morgan was actually supposed to take the role of Thomas Wayne in the Flashpoint um, movie, which will be the movie about the Flash. But you know, as you know, there's a bunch of DC uh, characters in it, including Batman. And as you know, that went end up going to Michael Keaton instead. And um, which is funny because wasn't yeah. Jeffrey was Jeffrey and Lauren played the parents, correct? Yes, if that's I'm, right. Uh, yeah, in 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 the DCU when it first came out, because I was like, hey, okay. I'm like crossing genres, so that's really interesting. I mean, I'm glad yeah. to see Keaton uh, back. You know, I'm I'm actually going. Yeah. I was saying um, 
earlier that I'm going to see Batman. I'm in Canada, so our movie theaters are open. So I'm going to see Keaton's Batman in the theaters again on oh, Sunday. I'm so jealous. I haven't oh, seen cool. any. I'm so theaters. jealous. You have to. Ha, have you been to a theater since all went down? It was your first time going. Yeah, to yeah. I've already been to six movies in the past month. <laughs> how is it? Jealous. Tell us Americans how the theater. <laughs> It's it's really good. So I've got I've got um, two main theaters that I go to. I I did go see the Avengers on Sunday, so I had to go a little bit farther out. Um, okay. They're only allowing in between twenty and forty people per screening. Everything is sanitized. You can't like you have to pre-book your tickets, which I do anyway. Pre-book your seats. They sanitize after each screening. You you can't like there's no concessions open except for popcorn, popcorn and pop and all that stuff you have to ask for. Um, I love it. I'm I'm just happy to be back watching. Um, so what uh, is the capacity limit? Are you doing like fifty percent? So when I first started going, I counted about twelve, and then it went to twenty, and then for the movie on Sunday, I believe there's forty open seats. But because I booked one by myself, one ticket, the seat next to me will now not be sold. Because I didn't buy that one. So then they don't want to put me next to a stranger. We so got to be more like Vancouver, guys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like paradise really to me. Yeah. No, it is fair. You don't have Nothing to wear a mask. A stranger since right next we to do. You. you do have to wear masks. Oh, oh you do uh, have to wear masks. Oh, okay, okay. Absolutely. We still I was told otherwise. I was told. Um, the time? Um, when I'm, when I'm walking out in stores, I have to wear them. They just became mandatory in my hometown, actually. Um, you either wear masks oh. like, during, during the movie. During the movie, you know what? We'll pull it up, but generally I'll pull it down because there's nobody near me. And right, exactly. I eat popcorn, guys. Like, you right. know, so cool. I'll yeah. generally, that, and then my other independent theater serves alcohol. So you got to drink too. So you, you can't drink, really yeah. Yeah. have a mask on, but I definitely do <laughs> have them on me. Pour a glass of wine myself later. Yeah. Wear, wear them when I can. It's, it's just smart. So yeah, we should wear masks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Be open. I'm sorry for guys. We're even getting tenant before you. I know wow. I, I, we're going to get to that. So yeah, AMC struck an agreement with universal, which uh, will allow the movies to be uh, shown 17 days in the cinemas and then following that, they'll go on video on demand. That's crazy. So yeah, um, this deal only covers the AMC's U.S. locations uh, right yeah, now. That's too quick. 17 yeah. days? Yeah, see, but, but I can see why they're doing it, though, because they're losing money. And I bet, how long, did yeah. they say how long the deal was for? Is it, like, for mm. a certain amount of years? Good point. Um, I mean, it's fine during I would, COVID, I, but... Yeah, it would probably just be... You know, I, a case, you know, based on how COVID is. That's what I'm thinking. You know, I feel like once it's I, over, I that deal. deal is not going to fly, you know, with the yeah. theater. Of course, when they're released on VOD, they're not going to be like your $7 movie. They're still going to be 20 25 bucks right, per view. Right. So they're still making a good cut. Um, yeah, it's historic and a bit quick, but people don't want to go to the theater, you know, and I can understand wanting to see new movies as, as soon as everybody else. But definitely, I mean, I want them to do whatever they can to keep the theaters going, like into the future. I think that's the best way still to see a movie. I don't care how good your um, surround yeah. sound is or how good your TV looks. It's just something mm -hmm. about going to the theater to see a, uh, you know, a big action movie or yep. you know, it's you like a blockbuster. It's not the same watching them at home. I completely agree. Right. Regal Cinemas, um, they're actually going. They announced that they will open its U.S. locations on August 21st. Hmm. Although this, you know, this could change, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but Tenet, the latest on Tenet, um, well, that poor movie, uh, man. Wow. <laughs> <Tour> Tenet, yes, <laughs> will be debuting internationally on August 26th. So I Ashley, can't. you'll get 
Okay. You'll get to see it on August 26th. I will be there that day. I cannot wait. Yep. Select cities in the U.S. over Labor Day weekend on September 3rd. So they're just, I guess they're just announcing, yeah, Labor Day weekend is the big weekend for theaters, I guess. I guess this is it, Chachi. I guess you you're going like, finally... finally back into the theater seeing a big um, blockbuster movie. I'm going to be like T.B. Herman in that theater. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be so excited. <laughs> Without the bodily fluids, I hope. Oh well, you <laughs> promise that, right? Yeah, I can't. I can't make any promises. They're playing TV in one of my theaters next week. What? They're playing, oh, playing... TV in one of my theaters. Music now. Adventure. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. A lot of yeah, a lot of them are uh, like drive-throughs and the uh, theaters that are open are playing classic films right now. So. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I saw Back to the Future at the drive-in. Like, um, yeah, drive-in theaters are. Mark, you know, and saw E.T. Thing. At least you guys have that option. Yeah, but now it's too hot for that. Yeah, I guess it is. It is hot. It is hot. Um, Mulan. We don't know what's happened to Mulan. I know Morgan, you're big. Yeah. You're the Disney princess in studio. Um, yeah. In studio. <laughs> that, in, <laughs> virtual studio. Yes. Indefinitely <laughs> postponing the release of the of no. this live action version. Bad. Avatar sequel, Star Wars films delayed one year. Um, Avatar still happening. Yeah, well, keep delaying dude, Avatar dude, because you the first people will be out in 2028. Come on, <laughs> like yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. What'd you say about Avatar, Chach? Like, who remembers Avatar? Like, I mean, you can keep on delaying <laughs> they're, it. They're gonna keep on delaying it, but they're making like what Avatar? three sequels? They're making three. Yeah, yeah. they want five <laughs> movies total. Five so. movies. Wow. So they already have the first one. Now they're gonna do two, three, four, and five. Um, Spider-Man cool. Far From Home will be now um, released in November 2021. Jeez, God. We have to wait next year to see the sequel for A Quiet Place and Top Gun Maverick. Oh, um, oh no. I'm looking forward to that one. films will also now be opening next year. Um, it's the first summer with no blockbusters. I can't believe I it. Know. Yeah. It's weird. That's always my favorite part about summer is seeing like, all the great new movies. And usually by... Usually by August, like it usually like, start releasing the shittier movies, but yeah. like, shittier yeah. Movies. yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. they dump them, they dump them on August, the oh, ones that you know. Oh, is that how they do it? Yeah, okay. the Oscar season movies, yeah, like, that's a oh. day. even like now in April is still huge, and like July is a lot of big ones, and August is like, oh, we'll throw out this um remake that nobody cares about. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> all right, so that's all the upcoming movies that are already, you know, edited in the can and ready to rock. Let's talk about upcoming movies in production, whenever that's going to happen. Um, so Kevin Smith, as you know, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. He's uh, going the horror horror route so for his next film, as he's done in the um, Yoga Hosers. Um, this film is called Kilroy Was Here. Um, this movie stars Chris Jericho. Um, and of course, his buddy Jason Mewes and his daughter Harley Quinn Smith, and also Ralph Garman. Um, it's loosely based on the Kilroy was here graffiti popular among American soldiers during World War II, yeah. which depicted a man with a long nose hanging over a wall. Um, so uh, <laughs> I don't know. Definitely the, lacking the star power here a little bit, you know, compared to like Chris Jericho. You know, yeah, you know, I think Chris Jericho is great, but you know, I don't, I don't expect this film to, to do too well. But well, Kevin Smith's not the best director either, but like, he's definitely somebody who I, I definitely like. I mean, he's like one you know, of, he's, he's like a the, nerd, he's like a nerd like we are, and he's he, a, like, he's, 
he's in, he, he writes to our to my liking at least right yeah. and and I, like I enjoy, I saying, enjoy not like Tarantino film. or Spielberg or nobody like that. Yes, he's, but not gonna, like, he's not going to be nominated for anything ever. No, no. But, but he's still a great guy. Never, you never. You never yeah. know. That's true. I, you know, I guess I shouldn't say that because I do like the guy. <laughs> I respect his work. Maybe he'll, I do maybe he'll get it for like Mallrats 3 or something. Maybe for Mallrats 3, guys. Um, Jay and Silent Bob. 14. Stop. Yeah, I, I, loved, I loved the reboot. The the Jane Silent Bob reboot. That was enjoyable. That was fun. Uh, so Universal Pictures um, has a film called Sinkhole uh, with Issa Rae, who was just nominated, and Jordan Peele. Of course, it's going to be a horror film. It's about a house with a sinkhole in the backyard, and the sinkhole manages to take all things that are broken and destroyed to make them perfect again. Okay. Huh. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Of course, sure, with consequences, you know, perfect yes. perfection. And with its consequences. There always is. It'll be brilliant. If Jordan oh. Peele and Issa Rae are part of it, that movie's going to be brilliant. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to that That's one. That's a horror movie. Chacha, I know you're excited about this one. Vanilla Ice is getting a um, biopic with Dave Franco playing Vanilla Ice. Uh-huh. Oh, actually, I'll, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll watch that. You'll like that? Yeah, call <laughs> yeah. to the extreme. The disaster artist, too. Like they said, it's that same tone uh, yeah, as what? the disaster artist. So it's, as disaster it's gonna, artist, yes. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. so it's going to have that same comedic kind of tone to it, mm-hmm. but with the true story. So I, I think they, that um, interesting. I hope they show him filming um, Cool as Ice. Have any of you watched that movie before? <laughs> no. That, that was Vanilla's big movie. Like, it was... It, it was horrible, it's but it's like one of those movies. Movie? What? It's a real movie. Yeah, cool as ice. Yeah, it was. It, he was a star of that movie. It's the only movie he starred in, and like it was so bad. Oh, like, but it was like it's kind of the kind of you know it's so bad it's good. Right. <laughs> like, like he has like, like like he's trying to go after this um, girl that he meets in this small town, and he's kind of like it's supposed to be like the cool guy coming into town, and like she's kind of just like the country girl. And he's like telling her to break up with her boyfriend, telling her to, to drop that zero and get with the hero. Oh, Lord. And, like he's really kind of a dick like through the whole movie, but he's supposed to be like the um, good guy in the movie. Um, but it's, it's definitely worth watching if you can check it out. It, it's it's pretty funny, even though it doesn't intend to be funny. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be great if they if they focus on that a lot in the movie. Awesome. Well, that's all the movie news, and then of course we have all the the television news. But I think we have to let. Ashley Buck, leave the building, uh-huh. the virtual building that is, the virtual studio. Ashley Buck, you are amazing. Thanks Let's for have having you back me. again. Yes, yeah, of course, Ashley has has um, given us some of the the best interviews we've had on Below the Belt show. Elisa Rotaru was so much fun. Um, Madison Smith was fantastic. Yeah. Give me a few more names, Ashley. I know I'm missing a few that we've had uh, here. Sean, Sean Kerrigan was on for Sean Kerrigan. Um, yes. Who else have I sent you? I think you talked to Katrina Salisbury. Did you talk yes. to her? Yes. Yeah, the the voiceover artist from yeah. My Little Pony. Lisa. Yeah, she's really good. Jacinto, I believe you talked to for DC Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. Um, yeah. So there have been there have been quite a few. So and more more to come. More course. to come. Good, good. All right, Ashley, well, we're going to say goodbye to She definitely the, does her stuff, so uh, she's in the right business. <laughs> I should hope so. <laughs> just extraordinaire for guest co-hosting on BTV Below the Belt show. And Chachi, you're going to take us out to the Classic Cut break. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's Classic Cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi. It's time for-
shot you. That's right. It's Chachi in Charge once again for Chachi's classic cut, um, where every week I handpick a song, usually from the 80s, sometimes other decades, but usually the 80s, and today is no exception. Um, it's been a crazy summer, so I wanted to pick a, a song that tied into summer, and this song is by the Motels, called Suddenly Last Summer. Cool. And in this song, like they have a line that says, like, one summer never ends, one summer never be- began. And I feel like this is kind of the summer that never began. Where Ooh, it feels like it's not your average, it. you know, summer. Yeah. Yeah, but this is... Um, I feel you on that. I feel you. Know, you. By uh, Martha Davis of the Motels. Um, suddenly, suddenly last summer. And what year? Did this come out? 1983. 1983. August. Okay. All right, so there, we go with the classic cover. We're going to say goodbye to Ashley. And we'll be back here on BTB. Bye. See ya. Available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. Yeah, that was a classic cut, Chachi. Yeah. Are the motels? Yeah, cool cut, man. Cool nice. cut and very appropriate. Um, but yeah, let's uh, throw out a couple more uh, things going on in the world of entertainment with uh, Netflix before our, our special guest uh, joins us. Um, on on uh, Netflix, a big film with Ryan Reynolds. It's an untitled time travel adventure. It's going to be um, picked up by Netflix after shifting from Paramount. So this is another example of a film that was supposed to come out in theaters, but it's going to go straight to Netflix. I think a lot of it, again, has to do with the, our current state. Um, but it's an action-adventure film, um, and... Um, looks pretty cool it's um the producing company is skydance which also released the old guard with charlie's theron and also michael bay's uh six underground so you know the if those were a big success i'm sure this upcoming untitled film will, will be great as well one of the top films on netflix is a coming of age movie called the kissing booth 2 <laughs> i we mentioned this on the show before but they're already green lit green lighting a kissing one. booth three. Huh. Morgan, you seem like <clears throat> that seems like a movie. You, you, you missed our conversation earlier before you got on. Uh, oh yeah. Um, Ashley was talking about it, and I. It's the only reason I know about it is because my boyfriend Matt listens to Howard Stern, okay. and Howard okay. Stern and his wife love 
kissing booth one and two. Oh my god. Which I thought was very odd, but apparently Howard <laughs> Howard loves teenage rom com. And like That's not for funny. a weird and not for a weird reason. Like he really <laughs> likes it. That is hysterical. Like, I'm surprised um, about that. But yeah. that's, yeah, if you tell me uh, there's a third one coming out. I'm sure you'll be thrilled. Um, Netflix, has, Netflix has ordered The Witcher Blood Origin, which is a prequel story of The Witcher series. Um, so The Witcher was another very successful um, series for Netflix. So going the prequel route, kind of like our favorite Game of Thrones. They're doing the House of Targaryen, whenever right. that's going to start production. Chacha, I know you're thrilled that Outer Banks has been renewed for a second season. Oh, good. I know. I know you're a big fan of that one. So, <laughs> and in the animated, definitely up the alley. Yeah, you told me. You told me I'd like that. Yeah. 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 Wrong. And yet you, it seems like during a pandemic, I'd have more time to to watch these shows. Oh, yeah. But with producing the show, Blue Adult, and other things, it's, it's for, whatever, for whatever reason, I have less time than I thought I did. Yeah, what's a good movie that's out on demand now? It's called You Should Have Left. Yeah. Um, Kevin Bacon and, and uh, Amanda. Um, Seyfried. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the one we talked about on the show. That's when they play a couple with, where there's an obvious age difference. Right, yeah. right. Um, which there is. I think he's like 59 and she's like 33 or something. Yeah. It's kind of... They mentioned that in the movie. Yeah. They mentioned it in the movie, right? Yeah. That was a part of it, yeah. Because they had, I mean, the people were criticizing and casting about that, but that was the whole point, you know. Who mm-hmm. was criticizing? Um, just that's, just that's people in general, yeah. Ageism. Ageism, <laughs> right? Ageism. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, on Apple TV, so Oprah Oprah's getting an interview show on Apple TV. I guess uh, the return of the Oprah show that you, you know, the Oprah talk show, but instead this time on Apple TV. So this will premiere on, actually, premieres July 30th. So um, check it out. Um, Werner Horzog, as you remember him from The Mandalorian, he's going to be on Apple TV for a documentary film called uh, Fireball. It, it, it focuses on shooting stars, meteorites, deep impacts that have uh, focused the human imaginations on other realms and worlds. Very cool. I, I think it's kind of cool that Werner is all about these documentaries, and I love reading about space space um, technology and uh, and uh, the universe and the galaxy. Um, pretty awesome. Um, Disney Plus has acquired Black Beauty. Not you, Morgan. Fabulous, but uh, the a contemporary <laughs> adaptation of Anna Sewell's. <laughs> yep, the horse. Yep, the classic 19th century novel. Also, uh, Disney Plus is going to um, be producing um, a film called Spooked. This is a Halloween-themed film um, with uh, Irish filmmaker Peter Foote. It's a supernatural um, comedy. Um, So look out for that one as well. Um, As you know, a lot of um, shows and TV shows and films are talking about COVID-19. HBO uh, has a show called, um, well, it's a de- they're developing a series. I don't know if they ha- even have a um, a name yet, but it's based on Brendan Borrell's forthcoming book, The First Shot. 
Mm. And it's a story about the global coronavirus vaccine race and about companies and individuals putting everything on the line to save lives. So um, this is what is we... Is it a documentary or what? This, um, so they they weren't really clear um, on this news source. They, there's, it's Adam McKay. And Adam McKay, I believe he was known for um, the big short film. And it's a limited series. But it's also based on a book. So I can't really... I'm not sure if it's a documentary or if it's more of a. I would imagine it's a documentary. I, I don't know. Could it be a Could it be a scripted show? I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously, it's very close to what we're going through now. As Pfizer is developing the vaccine, which I hope they hurry up and, right. and uh, get out there soon. Um, also, in Amazon Studios, we have um, Invasion, a sci-fi thriller directed by. Michael Pierce, which will star Riz Ahmed and Octavia Spencer. Um, that looks pretty exciting. Two young brothers go on a run with their father, a decorated Marine who is on a rescue mission to save his boys from an inhuman threat. Mm. And also we have, um, I think, do we have Chet? I think Chet is trying to join. Yes. Chet. Chet, are, hi. Chet, are you joining us via uh, audio or video? Or I would love to join you via it all. Can you hear me via audio <laughs> yeah, right now? We can hear yeah, you on yeah. audio yeah. now, but let's uh, let's have you on video. Let's help this luddite millennial uh, <laughs> turn on her video Zoom. Uh oh. <laughs> How do we help? Now you guys have disappeared. We gotta help Grandma. Uh oh. So it's a little uh, camera icon in the middle of your um. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding we found her okay oh sorry cool. <laughs> hi guys oh there yeah, she is there hey all right let's get the introduction guys we have actress extraordinaire from this great horror comedy called uncle peckerhead you can check out <laughs> on video on demand on august 11th all of us got to check it out here on below the belt show a really, if I could say a lighthearted horror, <laughs> because it's kind of feel good yeah. in a way, but in the same sense, it has all the elements of a great horror film. But nonetheless, Chet Siegel, welcome to Below the Belt Show. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first interview from my home during a pandemic yes. and a social uprising. I'm, I'm guessing you would have had a red carpet maybe for this and maybe fielding questions on the carpet, but uh, a lot of red carpets have been sadly uh, canceled. So here we are in the uh, Skype Zoom world doing this. I got I to gotta be honest with you. I don't know that I would have been answering questions on a red carpet about, about this. And uh, and that's kind of what I like about this movie. It's like a super scrappy indie uh, film. And uh, it it felt like we were all living in a crusty white van for um, <laughs> <laughs> like we'd been snatched off the street uh, for, it, for a while. It really seemed that way for sure. Yeah. But I loved it. I loved it. It was so fun. And it's, um, it's a unique film. I mean, um, to kind of mix the genres of comedy and horror in such a way. Um, it's like some very good feel-good moments and some really like WTF moments as well. Um, have you ever been a part of a project like Uncle Peckerhead? Um, no, I had never been uh, the, the lead of like a horror film before, um, but I highly recommend it for everyone. It's a very, everyone should get to scream and run through the freaking woods. <laughs> like it's, it feels good. Um, 
but uh, I, I have been a part of independent films before. Um, and I, you know, my background is actually from, you know, RIP UCB, um, but also whatever. Oh, they, they have a complicated, they, it's a complicated dissolution. And I think, you know, yeah. whatever. But um, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was a really fun little punk movie. And uh, I, I never, I had never also, I'm not a musician. So I'd never like been on tour or anything like that. Um, that was actually, I was gonna, <laughs> question I was going to get to, but you answered it. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, uh, y- y'all were also super nice. You helped me prepare for this. You warned <laughs> me about the, the simple questions I should know how to answer about myself <laughs> any freaking way. Uh, <laughs> like people are so nice to actors. It's like we all have brain injuries <laughs> um, and like have no ability to remember not to in any way insult people with brain injuries but like no. it, it, it's as if we really can't do anything um it, it's it's um that we are we're in its own class of incapable <laughs> are you a uh, are you a fan of the horror genre though personal i want personal personally i um i have a hard time watching violence but i do love trauma films i do love cartoonish gore i love when it gets a little bizarro like then i can detach and watch if it's a little too real it's tough for me um but i i really love like the thoughtful horror films like uh, i love the thing like i love the suspense of of stuff you know um but i i have i i don't know if i weren't in this movie if i would have necessarily like sought this movie out but um it's so funny, I think, that it gives you a little break if you're like, I think this is palatable gore and violence. Like, it's very, it it's, it's a good, like, yeah. it's good for wimps. It's <laughs> yeah. Morgan, you told me the exact yeah. same thing, right? Because Al will send me things and I, I can't, I can't do horror. I can't, like, <laughs> because I have an overactive imagination. So, like, I will think <laughs> that the thing is coming to get me, like, in real life. <laughs> So when he, when I saw the preview for this, I was like, Al, no more gore. <laughs> like, but then I started watching and I was like, oh, like you just said, this is palatable. And it was funny. <laughs> and like, I keep wanting to call him Pecker Wood, which I know that's not it. <laughs> I mean, it's close. It's you're rounding like, up or down. Yeah, like he was funny and like. I mean, I don't want to give away the end, but like, I was like, oh no, not at the end. Like, <laughs> I mean, you kind of knew something was going to happen, but I was just like, I kind of had like gotten over the fact that he was a zombie. Like, I was like, oh, like, we'd all gotten to a place. Like, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very, it was, it was definitely funny and enjoyable for someone who's a wimp. So. <laughs> <laughs> And let's talk about the – I love how they, they use practical effects. So a lot of the slasher-type horror films, it's cool to have those. Did you think that was a good call as opposed to going the CG route? Because a lot of a lot of the, today's horror films are going the CG route for a lot of effects. But the this film stuck to just good old-fashioned practical stuff, right? The for practical the most part? stuff? Yeah, it was all practical pretty much, and it was awesome. The people who worked on Gore were incredible. I, and it um, – yeah. it, it's – it was horrifying <laughs> to be in the room with it. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I can't imagine being in a horror film when you're in a green void, <laughs> right. pretending there's lasers. I don't know, man. Right. Like that totally, seems totally. that seems like uh, something I'm not trained real good to do. But um, <laughs> but I could react to real looking guts pretty easily. And I remember the first time we were in the room with the pra- with 
with one of the bodies and with like Peck. And um, <laughs> I couldn't stop gagging. Oh, well, no. Like, but, which was good. We all couldn't stop right. vomiting. And also, you know, <laughs> we all... We, <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, it was horrible to see these. And and it's made with art, with chemicals and, and little fun putties and whatnot. So those smells are... <laughs> there. They're, they're not... not the best, are they? They're not palatable. They're not palatable. <laughs> <laughs> I would hate if, like, the, the quote for this movie is palatable uh, that's not what <laughs> it's it, a low bar you, you could take it literally and figuratively because of the way uh pecker had uh ate all the people in the film yeah he's a cannibal this is a cannibal film it's a palatable <laughs> cannibal film <laughs> exactly. i love it i was curious also about the the, the time period of the film because it's seen <laughs> modern but then i saw older technology with the cassette tapes yeah which I it's, see, like, Taylor Swift, she just dropped cassette tapes. I don't know if it's a trendy thing. But then I saw you guys using pay phones. I'm like, what year, what yeah. year does this uh, film take place? Uh, you know, the, the the 90s of our mind. Yeah? <laughs> I think, I think a pre, like a pre-cell phone time, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. A better yeah. place for horror movies. <laughs> okay. I think the time it's before cell phones. So you yeah. would say the mid-90s? Yeah, I, I think that was the vibe. And I, I, I think it's like a, a slightly alternate universe, you know, yeah. it's 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 existing and uh but it but I I think the, the, the confines are definitely like a nineties vibe. It was not present day. Right. It's always weird when you see horror movies nowadays, like something always happens with the phone, like mm-hmm. it's bad, it's bad, like, like no service or whatever, and they gotta make a point to show that there's no service on the phone because it kinda takes you out of the whole like I'm trapped here and nobody can help me kind of yeah. Uh, vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it's if cell phones solve so many problems in movies, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the first, the first point in a horror movie is like, we got to get rid of these people's cell phones so we can have a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why there's so many movies I think are going back to like the eighties and stuff and with kids and when they didn't have cell phones and they're not on their phones the whole time, they're riding bikes and like stranger things right. and that kind of stuff. Stuff. It's hard. It's harder to escape from danger without just yeah. calling some oh, for you help. Can't on your track, you can't track anyone. So right, exactly. yeah. I also don't want to make it seem like anyone can escape from danger right now. We are very much in the middle of a political uprising because people cannot <laughs> escape from danger, and there are That's not true. emergency services for people to call. Like, um, I I love promoting this. I love. I, I don't know. I've never promoted a movie because I'm 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 a nobody. But um, oh, come on. <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've worked. My, my age is gonna kill me. But um, uh, you know. But this is a really um, this is a really strange time to promote a very white facing presenting movie. Um, and I think uh, it's like our my job. It's everyone's job. Who has the privilege to do it to examine like their role in all of this and what their genre's role in, is in this. And like, uh, I, I, I would be very remiss if we're talking about like a horror movie and like we are living in like a horrorscape. And I know I'm sure you go through this with like a lot of guests, but um, I just it feels it feels weird, <laughs> but good to laugh with you guys. But it's like it's a horrible, scary time. Well, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with entertainment in a pandemic is what's keeping us um, a lot of a sane and a lot of yeah. p- putting smiles on a lot of people's faces. Oh, absolutely. I think that's yeah. what it ultimately boils down to, obviously social injustices, racial injustices, pandemics, 
murder hornets. Uh, the year hasn't been that great, but uh, <laughs> but uh, entertainment. Is, yeah, and but Uncle Packerhead is there to save the day. <laughs> it is. It's a time before. Well, there's no such thing as before racism, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, but it is. It's a good. It's a good movie. This team worked super hard on it. A lot of people worked really hard on this movie. Um, and I'm also super impressed with um. I'm super impressed with the music in this movie, especially as someone yes. who's like not a musician. Um, and I had the privilege of being able to lip sync uh, the whole way through this damn thing. Yes, uh, I wanted to get into that. That's yeah. so cool. And uh, Augusta Mar- uh, Koch actually is the one who's singing, uh, you know, who's, who's making me look good. Um, and Jeff I mean, Riddle. I believed it. You had the right stance. You had, you were playing the right, you know, you know. It, Everything yes. in the face, you know. I thought you thought you nailed that part, and the look too. You had the bangs, yeah. you know. You had the bouncing souls T-shirt. Guys, an old punk, <laughs> and you know. So I, I I was feeling it for sure. Um, but who? So you mentioned one artist. So was, was this a particular uh, band that already exists? So um, actually, uh, Jeff Riddle, uh, the guy who who's plays one of my bandmates, um, he wrote all the music for this movie, and he is oh. a punk musician and he recently released an album too he is so talented he's also one of the producers of the movies really close friends with um with uh matt matthew lawrence uh, john lawrence who is the writer producer editor director i mean he did so much for this movie he did it all for this movie um and uh jeff wrote all the music he performed live with us with the music and he worked with me and with ruby to get our bodies right to get the attitude right to, to, you know, he, he also made videos of, of how to, of, of how he was playing the certain songs on the bass so that I could practice where my hands went on the fret, on the yes. frets and stuff and where the strokes would go. And, um, they gave me music far in advance so that I could like learn the songs. The music's really fucking good. Jeff is so yes. good. Jeff is, it oh, is. I'm sorry if I'm not a lot of curses. No, you're allowed to say whatever oh. the fuck you want, by the way. But, okay, great, yeah. <laughs> what, um, what do you know about the punk music genre? Have you have you listened to much of it? I I didn't I hadn't before this movie. Um I'm I am not a ton like Judy. I am an A type. <laughs> I'm a pusher. <laughs> like I'm a I you know, I, I very much am like a, a mommy friend, uh, you know, but uh I'm not a I'm not a punk rocker. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um but but Matthew really helped me and also Matthew's brother runs uh, a, a music venue in Asbury Park where we shot uh, a lot yeah. of our scenes. Uh, we shot, you know, House of Independence is a real venue. And at the end, we, yeah. not to spoil, but, you know, a lot of scenes take place there. And that's, it was cool to, like, have his brother also be a person who's running a real venue who can who knows about intimately, like, everyone on set knew about the punk music scene and was able to tell us like, these are the bands you should be listening to watch this documentary. You know, um, this is, this is the vibe. This is the aesthetic. Um, and then I'm a nerd, so I love to study. So it was helpful for me. Awesome. How was the audition process for the film? Um, you know, just as shitty as all of them. I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, but they, they all are. It's bad. It's not a yeah. fun, it's not a fun way to live <laughs> auditioning. I gotta be honest, but his, but this was really, I think he did a good job with this. Um, we had access to the full script. You know, I got the notice from my agent, uh, my manager, actually, I went and I, I had one round with him and then he brought us in as 
a little mini band, you know, he wanted to see the energy of yeah. a group of people. So we, With Max and Mel, the actors. Of yeah. Boy. And, and, uh, it was, it was super, uh, I think he was really thorough about that. And like, we, we met in person, we talked a lot, you know, cause it's, it, shooting an indie film with someone is like everyone is in camp together and married for a month. Like it's a very intimate thing shooting something. Uh, oh, only a, one month to shoot the entire film. I know it was so ambitious. There were a couple pickups, yeah. but like it was wild how many pages yeah. we were shooting in a day. Like this team really worked and hustled and it was a small crew of dedicated people. And, um, Matthew also teaches, um, he's a, he's a professor, he teaches film. And so a lot of his students actually were PAs and it was so fun to like, see these kids learn film. <laughs> it, was great. it was great. That is awesome. And I love the band. Duh. I thought the name was, yeah. was really cool, but I thought what was even funnier is the band that you're going to open up for had the ending went differently, but the queef Queens. Yeah. That's oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, that, that's, that's probably one of the funniest uh, band names I've ever heard. But, I do love, there's something so great about alliteration and you never, you don't hear it often with Queef and it's, it's good too. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not enough. Not enough. Not enough. Not enough. So um, is there any chance that we could see a sequel? Was it, a, did it leave it kind of open-ended with Peckerhead? I mean, obviously Peckerhead is, um, I guess we should warn some of the listeners. We're going to talk of some spoilery stuff, I guess, maybe a little bit uh, before we move on in the interview. But uh, um, so if you want to don't want to know what happens and listen a little later, but nonetheless, um, <laughs> <laughs> will there be a sequel? Because Peckerhead uh, supposedly is still alive. Um, I, I don't know. You know, it's a fun, yeah. it's a fun, it's a very fun, clear, distinct world that yeah. he's created, that I think Matt, Matt's created. And, um, and, and also, uh, I think, oh God, I, I can't believe I didn't talk about her, but, but, uh, Wiki Mendoza did so much art direction, like duh, the, the, the look of duh, the branding of duh, the yeah. band merch, the way she yeah. set up the, I mean, she did so much work. She did all the costuming all of the uh, the set the set dressing and the set decorating and the art like the creating the logos of dot like it's mm. a lot of work and she made buttons and pins that are so cool um but but yeah uh, i just wanted to shout out wiki because she did so much <laughs> that is so rad that is awesome but again was love it, love the film what was Talk the um, inspiration for the name um uncle um, peckerhead yeah. And that's between Matthew and his God. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, I don't know. I think it's, I, I, I'm sure he's told me before and I'm, I'm getting this quiz answer wrong, <laughs> but it's, I, I think it's like, it's, it, to me, it felt like this is like a silly non-threatening, but also really sexually deviant. Like it's a, there's a lot of perversion yeah. to that name. There's a lot of silliness yeah. Yeah. and also it's really fucked up. It's, it's, <laughs> it's very yeah. efficient in, in how it makes you feel a lot of uh, creepy shit. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because it's called uncle Peckerhead, but I don't believe in the film you alluded to him as an uncle, although he did kind of care for you guys. Uh, in the, as, you know, as nieces yeah. and nephews, I guess. Right. Um, as an uncle kind of, figure yeah so it's kind of, you think that's where they're maybe going with that yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I don't come from the strongest of families, so I don't have great modeling. But I don't think that that's that this is a typical uncle relationship. <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, I think it it also evokes like a familialness. You know, he did take okay. care of the kids. He did swoop in yeah. and and save everybody with a van. Like we're, yeah, he, he let us go on tour. We needed we needed to get on that tour, and he mm. you know, and he did take care of us. And he showed up with cash too. It's um, I think also when you're a, a young artist, a thing I relate to a lot is I'm like, oh man, I would love to be saved with a bunch of money and a car right now. <laughs> like it would be nice if that could happen. And like, uh, there are lots of weird, bad opportunities that are, that yeah. present themselves along your way and, uh, <laughs> just never get in the van girls. <laughs> never yeah. get in the van. <laughs> that's a good point. That is a, that's a very important. And that's the lesson here, kids. Yeah. <laughs> how, about, how about your name? How about your name, too? That's a very um, unique name that you have. Is that your um, birth name or a nickname or what? Uh, Chet is not my birth name, but it's what I've been called since, like, I was a baby. Um, my dad has always called me Chet. I was Chelsea when I was born, but it was oh, like... Chelsea, it, okay. But it never really stuck, and um, it's actually just a hassle now because <laughs> I, I get all my checks made out to Chet. I'm in, I'm in SAG after as Chet. My yes, health insurance... My SAG health insurance... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, it's nothing to do with um, weird science. No, no. Yeah. And I, I often lie, to be honest, because it's such a weird name. I usually tell people it, and they're like, oh, is it weird science? I'm like, yeah. 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 And, then, and like, they're like, oh, is it Chet Baker? And I'm like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Right. you know, I think it's, it's, it's really easier. Unique. It's easier. But I love it. And I do feel like a Chet. Um, and my, you know, my dad always called me that. And uh, I, I love it. Awesome. And unique, too, because no one yeah, will ever say that. Right. Which is right. cool. Let's talk about some of your other cool stuff. You have so many cool projects on your IMDb. Um, Search Party, you're a part of season two, mm -hmm. um, recurring as Pamela, a campaign staffer, and um, fun role. Um, I love. You kind of look like the Pamela character with the glasses. Oh yeah, because it's uh, it's me playing her. But no, this is it, Pamela. Looks more like me. Like I cut, I chopped my hair off and became. A little punkier for Judy. Um, yeah. I, but like a um, a buttoned up woman who is spilling coffee on on someone is like that's yeah. that's me. That's me. <laughs> How did you like home. with her with Al, uh, Alia? Alia Shawkat. Yeah, Alia Shawkat. Yes. She's so good. I mean, I'm sorry. I keep knocking my little shitty work from home table and. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, she, Alia was great. She was uh, I. She made me super comfortable. They were everyone on that set was so funny. Um, I also worked with um, Patty Harrison, yes. um, who is an incredible comedian, and it was the first time I'd ever worked with her. Um, and she was she played another one of uh, we we all played like campaign aides, but um, right. Ollie was a super professional. She helped me run and block things beforehand. Like um, my first day on set was like when I shot the bulk of my text and I was a little nervous and I, she could see me going over things and she wanted to make sure I was super comfortable. I was like spilling, I was, there's like a, a Pratt, there's like a, what is it called? Slap, there's a little bit of slapstick. I spill coffee on her. So there's some choreography involved and she was super gracious about like, letting me spill coffee on a, on a, on a famous person, <laughs> her, <laughs> namely, but she was great. And, you know, she talked about, you know, growing up in LA and she talked about, you know, she's super just chill, cool lady. It's, it's, 
so rare you meet someone who's like, man, you just are as cool as you look. <laughs> and like, she is as yeah. cool. And she's always been nice to me whenever I've seen her or run into her anywhere else. Like, uh, so just super cool. And that whole, that whole core cast is a very friendly, congenial group of people that have always been super friendly to me whenever I've, I've been around them. And I watched your episodes because I wanted to get familiar with your character, but uh, it's a really good show. I'd like That's to... so nice of you to do that. Yeah, of course. You didn't yeah, have to do no, that. Yeah, why not? You know, I have HBO Max now, so <laughs> and uh, all of uh, all three seasons of yeah are on HBO Max, which is awesome. It's a gorgeous show. It's really a, yeah. it's a millennial wet dream of cinematography. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's a wash of haunting pastels and creepy <laughs> neons. It's really just, it's stunning. It's so gasp worthy. And John yeah. early and John early is just <gasps> stunning. Like he's just so good. Yeah. The whole cast. I mean, fantastic, fantastic actors. Well-written. Yeah. You know what I thought was interesting? The um, season two finale, which you were a part of had a very similar ending to uncle Peckerhead. Mm. Do, you, do, you, do you agree with that? Yes, an ominous big crowd. Uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely. Yeah, I saw when I saw that. I'm like, oh wow. And I guess we can. That's kind of spoiling the ending of um, Peckerhead, but uh, <laughs> but Judy and 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 the band get arrested uh, for a crime they did not commit because it was all Peckerhead, of course. Oh damn, Peckerhead. But um, but yeah, no, I, I saw that parallel with uh, you know, kind of interrupting an event. Yeah. To to. So that was kind of interesting. You also got a cool um, recurring on Alternatina on Comedy Central. Yeah, that's actually a pretty uh, a pretty big role I have on that show because um uh, and I love that show Alternatino uh, uh, with Arturo Castro. Such a fun yes. sketch show, uh, such a cool sketch show in that it had like 15 or so minutes of sketches that were all thematically related, but non, not, you know, in different, completely different worlds. But he also had like a spine narrative of each episode of the sketch show that like followed his life, like Arturo Castro, like the, you know, the TV Arturo and his <laughs> TV life as an actor and his struggles yeah. as like, uh, you know, being an alternative to the stereotypical definition of uh, a Latino man. Latino in, in yeah. And uh, and the sketches are so good. And I played myself. I, I played like a, an altered version of myself. I played Chet is my character on the show. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I played one of Arturo's best friends. Um, and it, it was an inc- that was an incredible experience. I'd never been on. Uh, uh, I mean, I actually I've been really blessed with a lot of my experiences where people were same thing with Peckerhead and same thing with um, Search Party and uh I've worked with people who have always cared what I thought about with the work, you know, and, and, and what I thought about the part and what I thought about stuff and, and Arturo especially like really met with me and like we had all these meetings outside of, uh, outside of, you know, set to just like read scripts and talk about what worked and what we thought didn't. And um, it was just, what a luxury. (laughs) That is awesome. Yeah. It's really funny. I, Caught some clips on YouTube. It was a lot of fun. Another uh, yeah. your cool project. Oh, by the way, will it, will you be a part of season uh, the upcoming season of um, Alternatino? Uh, y- yeah, if yeah, yeah. Uh, I Pending think, production. Start, I think I guess, yeah, right? it's, it's it's like yeah. a, it's hard to it's hard to know. You know that that project right now I think is uh, is like with a lot of other projects, just sort of waiting to see what what happens. Um, yes, of course. 
but uh, but yeah, I, I think you know, Arch. I, I I don't know what the scripts. I don't know what things look like. You know, going forward, everything is sort of paused with it. So I don't want to make any promises about Alternatino. I don't want to get any of the fans all riled up. I don't want to get them too hungry for a dinner I can't serve. <laughs> it's all up to. Uh, it's all know, up to the movie gods and movie coronavirus. Gods. All, exactly, COVID gods, movie gods, exactly. Yeah. And of course, a, a fun project you can work on because a lot of people are putting out animated projects. Yes. Um, because of the pandemic, because you can do them in a voiceover studio, you can do them even from your own home if you have the right equipment or whatever. Is um, your work on the uh, Museum um, of Human History? Yeah. Yeah. Um. That. Yeah. That I've worked with uh, the, the the people who produce that is Cartoona. They're a great animation company. Um. And okay. I I've done a lot of animation work for them. Um. And uh, it's, I love doing cartoons so much because in performing arts as an actor, you're limited a lot by what you look like. And it is so cool to just get to really play around with anything. Like I can distort my voice. I can be a green blob. I could be a sentient, I can be a trash can. I could be, I could be an asthmatic boy. I can be whatever I want. And I, I guess I think it is an asthmatic little boy, <laughs> but um, it's yeah. So I, I love I love working with Cartoona. They really give me a lot of uh, runway in terms of voices. They let me do whatever weird crap I want, which is great. And you're a Green, which is a green mm-hmm. blog, a blob or whatever, right? Yeah, a little alien, person. Alien. Yeah, alien kid. Yeah. And um, I the, the I guess the thrust of that show is just a bunch of um. Uh, a bunch of aliens trying to figure out what the hell Earth was and what people did. And uh, it's so funny to hear uh, with that tone, the the events of the world told back to these aliens, like explaining some of the worst parts of human history and, and how, you know, and, and, and why people behave the certain ways they do, because yeah. it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I tuned into a couple, one on Elon Musk, which is a fun one. Um, but yeah, it's uh, really entertaining. Definitely worth checking out. And of course, you have Chicago Med. You had, uh, yes, I gave a nice breach birth that didn't go well on <laughs> Chicago Med. Oh, wow. So very, very nice guest star on that episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun one. I mean, that's like a classic actor move. You're, you're, you're procedural, yeah, <laughs> you know, you got to get your procedural in. And yeah. uh, uh, that was, I, I got to be pregnant and give birth on camera, which was, you know, I've never done that in life. So I'm sure I pissed off a lot of real moms, but uh, (laughs) no, but my, uh, my, what's weird actually is my, my dad's an OBGYN and my, my stepmother is, was a midwife. And uh, I have friends who are doulas. So I like do know a lot about birth. And weirdly enough, I don't know if I needed to do this, but I did. I watched a lot of reach births online. Did you really? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Uh, it, is, it is something. It is powerful what women do. That's crazy. We should talk about birth in the real terms. Like people should be warned what it really is. I don't know. Just yeah. do some Googling. This is why... People don't want to know because I have friends that all have kids and I'm like, I don't want to know. You don't want to know? Kids. But then they're like, so creepy after you know they come to you and they're like, yeah, you saw. Now you know. It's like, yeah. they're, like they're actively hiding this horror. Like, did this happen? Did this? I'm like, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, it's, 
It's, it's why your dad. What did your dad tell you as the OBGYN? I mean, he told me about like pacing of contractions. He told oh. me about where pain, you know, where, but also again, women are going to hate this. My male father, OBGYN, is telling me what birth feels like, like he's ever felt it. <laughs> <laughs> like my dad always has a joke when he's about to do surgery on a patient and they ask like, is this going to hurt? And he goes, oh no. And then he says, oh, you were asking about for you. That's his favorite. And I'm like, that doesn't inspire a ton of confidence, dad. I like that. I like that. He's funny, but do you need a funny gynecologist? I don't. I don't. That's a good point. That's a good point. What else should, what else should we be promoting, Chet? Uh, I think I went over a lot of your newer stuff. Yeah. Um. Well, Right now, it's a healthscape, so I'd like to promote yes. mental health. Um, yes. Just in yes. general for everyone. Um, I, uh, you know, right now, a lot of things are paused, but um, yeah. I, I think the thing I would like to promote is if you are physically able to, and I know that um, it's a privilege to be able to protest um, for a lot of reasons, whether or not you are, uh, you're in good, le- you're in, in legal standing to be able to withstand police repercussions or arrest repercussions. Um, or if you, you know, it's 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 a physical privilege to be able to actually stand and walk and do those things. It's 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 tough. It's a taxing. It's a taxing thing to do. But I would say if you can do it um, and you support what's happening to to do it um, and to find ways to support other organizations that are supporting the front lines of anti, of uh, anti racism work. I've been volunteering a lot with um, the Black Chef Collective in New York City. Oh, wow. And uh, so I'd like to promote them. Um, yes. the, the Black Chef Collective is a black organized uh, group of chefs, black women chefs, uh, two, two women who, who run it. Um, and they feed the front lines of the protests. So they go to different protests in New York City and they pop up and they have hot food for people. Oh, everything's nice. everything's individually packaged and chefs volunteer to, to make food. So I've made food before. You also can volunteer to hand out food. You can also give money to Black Chef Collective to help fund what they're doing or you could volunteer to be a transporter if you have a car also they're always looking for people to just show up with water and ice because that's really you know um (laughs) that's what the people on the street need and i think um if you're scared to go because of covid um but you're like going to the beach like look at yourself um or going getting manicures or whatever um but i think this is a time where it's okay to not have a project it's okay for the project to be being a part of your community and it's okay for for the work that you're promoting to be protecting people who need protecting right now and where is this organization based new york city and yeah i mean oh, i'm in i'm in brooklyn new york right now yes. and um and yeah they, they pop up they pop up um and they are at protests all throughout brooklyn queens bronx new york you know, in general, Black Chef Collective. And if you're in New York City and you're looking for protests, um, Justice for George NYC is a really good Instagram account that aggregates. Um, and they do a good job of vetting to make sure it's also like um, Black uh, organized events or um, Indigenous peoples or people of color. So they, they try to really vet to make sure that you're, you know, protesting with an organization that knows what they're doing. Awesome. Awesome. Glad you talked about that for sure, Chet. You're awesome, Chet. Thank you, you guys are awesome. Thank you for being so nice to me. Yeah, Thanks for for watching movies. Movie. Yeah, it's a good the movie. movie. They worked so everybody worked so it hard. It was so fun. It was so fun. And Ruby McAllister is so good. I didn't even talk about Ruby and how good she is, but like, see everything she does. She also has been, I think, 
on Instagram doing like a, a some show, some live shows. So check out Ruby. She's awesome. she's a, she's a dynamo. All right. Well, before we let you go, if, if you could chat, let us know who you are. Throw out a plug for Uncle Peckerhead and whatever else you want, search party or whatever. Mm-hmm. And let us know you're on below the belt and whatever you want at the end. Cool. Uh, hi there. My name is Chet Siegel. I'm on below the belt. I'm here to promote my new movie, Uncle Peckerhead. That feels cool to say. Uh, you can pre-order it now uh, on, and you can get it on video on demand or you can order a little Blu-ray and I think it's going to theaters. I don't know how, but if it's safe enough to go, go. But I don't think it is. So just order it online and wear your mask. That was awesome. Yes, I'm reading here. Select theaters August 7th. Video on demand August 11th. Awesome. Awesome. Chet, thanks so much. You're awesome. And and stay safe. And uh, best of luck for your next next project. And, And thanks for talking about that great organization as well. Thanks. Have a good one. All right, Thanks, Chet. Chet. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. That was Chet Siegel. She's adorable. Um, great actress. Um, check out Uncle Peckerhead on Video On Demand August 11th, guys. All right. Great interview. All right. Um, more entertainment stuff, guys. Also on Amazon, guys. Another um, – they really love the comic book genre. So anything – even if it's like a comic book you never heard of, like Paper Girls from Image Comics, um, it's a sci-fi uh, novel by Brian Vaughn. Um, it's gonna it's gonna drop on Amazon, live action version of Paper Dolls, and uh, it follows four young girls who, while out delivering papers on the morning after Halloween, became caught in a conflict between the warring factions of time time travelers. Mm-hmm. Sending them on an adventure through time that will save the world. Oh boy! Check it out. It's um, interesting. Toy Story Four writers Stephanie Folsom will be penning. So that's cool. Um, also on AMC, um, Stanley Tucci, who's known for The Lovely Bones, Devil Wears Prada. He's going to be in a limited series on AMC um, called La Fortuna. Say um, he's going to be a buccaneering treasure hunter. Um, might be kind of cool. Check it out. AMC produces really good pro- programs. Of course, Better Call Saul, Walking Dead. Um, also, if you're a fan of Empire, but sad that it was it wrapped up, um, they are talking about a spinoff with Taraji P. Henson as Cookie in her spinoff, which I really hope is called Cookie. <laughs> but uh, Early developments, um, talking about bringing that show on. Um, oh, also, oh, there Juicy is. In it? I don't think Juicy will Stop. be in it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, Fox will finally premiere its AI drama next, starring John Slattery on October 6th. Um, pretty cool. Another um, AI type of uh, drama series, um, but Rogue. AI, so bad AI that combines pulse-pounding action, layered with the examination how technology is invading our lives, which is true. Be careful about what you upload. You never know who's going to see it. <laughs> you never know where it's going, really, do you? It's true. Um, on CBS, we got uh, Big Brother um, is returning with a two-hour all-star edition. Josh, are you happy about this? August 5th. Uh, you're no longer a Big Brother fan, are you? 
haven't watched it in years, but didn't it normally start in like July? Did normally start in July, yes. Okay. But uh, they're gonna have to do some changes, as you know, with the pandemic. All uh, the staff will have to be tested, and the cast, um, um, PPE, social distancing, um, COVID compliance officer will be on on hand to monitor and enforce. Seems all like a health. whole lot for like. Yeah, why don't they just want quarantine for two weeks because they're already quarantined yeah. anyways, and yeah. then just be normal because because obviously they can't catch it well you have crew quarantine. you have crew too you have can't love the, the crew i mean yeah yeah that that's is easier than okay you stay over here and you yeah. stay over here and let's wear a mask on tv and yeah but you're I, right they're already quarantined as long as yeah. they're quarantined with the cast everyone should be quarantined for two weeks and then they yeah. can just go about their business I don't get it. Big brother yeah, in the um, house, right? Like see, most of the right. filming, most of the filming is done by the cameras, like attached to the house, anyways. Some of know? it, right? It's so weird. Yeah. So how so how the people who like, you know, have the cameras, you know, the manual camera cameras to have them live there, you know, for the yeah months. Yeah. But who's in it? Anybody? Um, they haven't announced from... the cast yet. Okay. So um, they do have a rumored cast list, but. I kind of wanted to read rumored castles because some of it might not be true, so I'll wait till the announcement's made. Surprisingly, I don't know why they haven't announced it yet. That's only a week away. Is but, like uh, Doctor Will or anybody going to be in it? I don't. I haven't heard about Doctor Will, but like um, Evil Dick. Uh, some some of the recent winners. I, see, Evil Dick's a health risk because he's HIV positive. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think he'll be a part of it. Um, but Your Grace, Sophie Turner, is now a mom. Yes, I saw her and Joe Jonas. Chachi can believe it. The um, parents to a baby girl, little Willa. Willa, yes, your grace, Willa, your queen, of Willa of the North. Queen of the North. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a Demi Lovato fan. Yes. Right. You're always sorry, not sorry, whatever. That's my jam. Did, did you know she's engaged? Yep. Big old rock on her finger. <laughs> We got to talk about what's going on with Britney Spears. Oh, so what? I know you're the biggest Britney Spears I, fan. Um, her latest Instagram posts, she's covered in henna tattoos, which I don't find anything wrong with that. But a lot of people are talking about her other posts where she just didn't sound well. Very baby voice, yeah. hair all tussled. Um, and she was just talking about, oh, what my favorite Disney movie is and this and that. Um, a lot of people are wondering if, She's in the conservatorship against her will. Um, and there's like a hashtag free Britney movement. Um, what are is your thoughts? In, is she in what? In a conservatorship. What is that? It's when your um, your life decisions are being made by a um, another person. Right, Morgan? I guess that's technically the definition of conservatorship. Why would they think that, though? I don't know. I mean, I, I, Brittany supposedly has shown some erratic behavior, I guess, right? But she always has. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it's not nothing new for Britney Spears. Like, didn't she uh, shave her old head at one time and act all crazy? She hasn't shaved her head in a while. It's been a while. It's <laughs> been a minute. But, I mean, she was married. Was she married to Kevin Federline or dating him? Yeah, she was. was. Married to him? She was married to him. Yeah. Yeah. The whole there's a whole timeline of 
things that happened. And I don't, I don't even know the whole time. I can't even like recall it, but there was a lot of erratic behavior, marrying mm -hmm. Kevin Federline, yeah. um, the one album, I think it's just called Britney. Like, and then she had that one weird guy that was, was she like married her. for a day or something. No, that's before yeah. this, but uh, she had a weird producer guy. The family said was bad. Um, she has like a restraining order against him and like there was all this stuff. And so the day that she shaved her head, I there and Al, I think I sent you the article because I don't really remember all of it, but like they were trying like I think I think she was diagnosed with depression and possibly bipolar disorder like years ago, even yeah, before she was yeah. famous, which again, mental health, like we all have issues, we all should talk to a therapist like that's fine but I think also being in the public eye everyone was so quick to just say you're crazy and they were trying to take her kids away from her and I think that's when she really flipped out um I also think she probably you know she drank she probably took you know drugs here and there again like young people do but when you're famous everything is seen and everything is like so over the top and like remember this was right at the peak of like social media early yes. 2000 so like, right. every like everything is now in real time i mean look at like judy garland i just watched her biography and i had no idea that judy was like so messed up and it's like oh because we didn't see that because yeah. back then they didn't yeah. have it whereas britney is just trying to be like a mother to her two kids and like have fun but, oh, you've got these mental issues, you're taking these kind of pills, you're taking this, you're going out, you're drinking, you just want to have fun. And then someone's trying to lock you up and they're going to tell you they're taking your kids away if you don't, like, take this medicine or comply. And I just, I think she's just, like, not right. But which just brings me to the point of, like, if she's under a conservatorship, why are they allowing her to post this stuff on social media because it's it's like you said al it's very bizarre like her posts are very odd and erratic yeah um and it just it's kind of disconcerting but but everyone's like well this is her only outlet but she never used to talk like that and she yeah. never i mean but i will tell you when i met her when i saved up my coins and did my meet and greet and it was like the best <laughs> night of my life i know and I in vegas yeah awesome and i could see her and the dance in the sweat when she was on stage she was a different person when right. i met her it was like her hands were behind her back and she was just like hi and i was like Brittany, i'm a big fan you know you only have like i don't know a couple seconds with her right. And I'm just like, I like I didn't know what to say. Like, I didn't want to be the weirdo, but I also wanted to, like, like make, make my point known. I was like, <laughs> I love you. Like, I, I came here on my own. Like, yeah. you know, I'm a dancer. And she's like, oh, great. Like, just, oh, great. Okay. Enjoy the show. Like, the dead eyes. Like, dead eyes. Wow. It's like, she's really. She's a lot. Yeah. But then when she got on stage. It's just so rehearsed, like yeah. Jack Michael Jackson, right? Well, yeah. She just turns on a switch, she becomes a performer. Like that, you know? Which is, which is, I, I get that, like as yeah. a performer, I get that, but it just, it was just sad, like I, I think at such a young age, and like having her parents have this tumultuous 
you know, marriage. And I think a lot of them were just like, you know, throwing her into more, more, more. And I think that definitely like yeah. ha- had a negative impact on her. So we wish, we wish Brittany well. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. So they're wrapping up the trial of uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, which oh. again, it's the live oh, trial against the publisher of the sun newspaper. Amber wanted to make it clear that she did not, I uh, want this trial to happen, but obviously she had, she had to be pulled in it, but she that she still stands by what she says, um, about, uh, Johnny being very abusive towards her, uh, despite her having a you know, recording that she admitted to abusing Johnny. Um, you know, um, they actually had, a, um, her sister testify, um, uh, Amber's sister, Whitney. Um, told in court she begged her Amber not to marry Johnny Depp because of his alleged violence towards Amber. Uh, yeah, so that was the latest. Um, you know, it's ugh. I don't know. So things are unraveling. At first, I was like, okay, you know, like we heard Amber's recording, but then when Amber's giving all this testimony and, and very detailed reports of abuse then you just don't know where to, to who to believe and it's in the court's hands now um as far as the libel suit so we'll see where it goes we do know that ashley judd um three judges ruled in uh, favor uh for her to pursue sexual harassment claim against harvey weinstein weinstein's already locked up so what i'm just i mean what will i mean it'll extend extend his um sentence but yeah I guess, but I mean, does she have? I mean, he's locked in the. He's locked up for a, almost a lifetime. You want? I'm wondering why she just wants to rehash all that. I don't know. So this was for money or what? Money or what? Um, good question. It, it was um, well, it was for a sexual harassment case. Um, it was about how um Harvey Weinstein um. Uh, exercise coercion or leverage over Ashley Judd by virtue of his profession mm. and influence as a top producer in Hollywood. So it was, um, yeah, um, the court, uh, coercive power or leverage suit, I guess. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. See what happens there. Um, man, I am so glad Spencer Grammer is okay. She is the beautiful and talented daughter of kelsey grammar she voices yeah. summer on rick and morty she actually um got into um an altercation where somebody stabbed her in the arm and this person also stabbed her friend in the back literally not Damn. stabbed in the back yeah right um, uh, you know non-literal sense luckily he suffered no serious injuries and um although she had a laceration um She's going to be okay. Both of them will be okay, but the fact that this could have escalated really bad. Right. Basically, what happened was it was um, at a restaurant in Manhattan, and it was closing, and an unidentified man wanted to be served, and he was getting really uh, aggressive with the staff because you know they were closing. Right. And then he and then he was arguing with the the, the restaurant staff, and Spencer, I guess, tried to stop it and 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 got into their business, I guess, and the guy stabbed her. Crazy, right? It's kind of that movie falling down. <laughs> right? You are crazy. 
Yeah, just just a little crazy, man. Did you know Mel Gibson had uh, COVID nineteen? He just uh, recently admitted uh, admitted it, but um, it was back in April. But he just uh, um, just went public with it, actually. But you know, he's been in a lot of heat because of the comments he made recently about Winona Ryder made anti-Semitic and homophobic comments, um, which he claims are 100% untrue. So, I mean, but speaking of cancel culture, um, Daredevil actor Peter Shinkoda accused Marvel television head Jeff Loeb of making anti-Asian comments in the writer's room. Apparently, he said that nobody gives a shit about Asian characters. Or, I did hear about that. Yeah. So he said, do not write about Nobu and Gao. And they're forced to put a potential storyline down that he was involved with and um i don't have any more uh remark from jeff yet but if that's the case that's really bad mm-hmm. really really bad and we're in the cancel culture folks you know people are losing jobs look at chris Delia. he just um lost a, a gig with netflix they had a a prank show on netflix with chris Delia, um the comedian who uh, as you know was uh, accused of for sexual harassment, and a couple of the girls were underage at the time. And when you're dealing with dealing with that, you know, you know, anytime it's um, women that are under or people that are underage, right? It's a lot more severe. Um, speaking of cal- cancel culture, what do you guys think of um, the Redskins um, retiring the name and now, for now, as we decide uh. on the name, the Washington Football Team. <laughs> any thoughts i i just it's just like for me it's just with everything else like mm-hmm. i i appreciate people putting more black men and women in films i appreciate people protesting for innocent lives i appreciate everyone trying to think of everyone's feelings and and inclusivity, but it's just kind of like, are we just, it's like, I don't remember if someone, I guess, I think Ashley was saying it. It's like, are we just going to erase history or everything that we've already done because it's offensive? Like I've seen so many, I've seen so many posts and again, like I've kind of just stopped watching any of the news or I'll watch both CNN and Fox and try to see what's what, because it's like one, one article will say, yes, like native Americans are happy. And then another is like, well, the term redskin was coined by a chief or, you know, and I don't know because I'm not native American and I I have friends that have Native American blood, but like there's no one close to me that I can even ask that question I to. Think, I think it boils down to the the literal name Redskin. If you notice the Atlanta Braves, the Kansas City Chiefs, okay, those those right. teams haven't aren't you know they're not being they're not being screwed. Well, they're not being they screwed are. as harshly though as the Redskins though. Well, they're going to be after this. You think like, they're going to be okay? I mean, I, I know when they first talked about this a few years back or whatever and they actually asked um native americans i don't know if it was like a survey what it was and like 
and like I think most of them were fine with with the name. Like, didn't see any problem with it. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's a it's not like the team they name the team to like be an insult against Native Americans. Right. I mean, obviously, the, the team's supposed to be tough. Supposed to be like you know like warriors. You know, supposed to be you know in theory the Redskins are supposed to be winners. I don't know if that's been the case uh, recently, but right. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's not. I don't think it's like they named named the Redskins. Like, okay, we're gonna do this to like really put one over on, on Native Americans. Well, change not, red to black skin or white skin. See, now. Yeah, I mean, but again, I mean? that just goes. Well, change it. Change it to person of color. The person of color, Washington yeah. team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Um, oh, no. I mean. I, I think it just it just goes back. I think Chachi, you're right. It's like. You think of like a an Indian chief that's like got the headdress and is like a warrior. So like right. in our minds, we think that's a good connotation. But I guess there are some Native Americans who are like, we're not all, I guess, savages. Like, you know, if you look at P- the old Peter Pan version, it's like, Oh, they call, they kept calling the Indians the savages. So, but it's but you could also say it's just like in any other movie. Oh, we make the Asian kid the the nerdy the nerdy one that plays a violin that can't drive. Then you've got the loud black woman, <laughs> and then the black jock. Right. Uh, or you've got the nerdy Indian kid. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like, yeah. I get playing the stereotypes. I get it to a degree, but it's also like. I mean, again, I'm not Native American, so I don't know, but yeah, I yeah. I think a lot of people are are upset because there's such a history behind the team and the name. Um, but you know, maybe in 20 years it won't bother anyone. But you see, like, we'll, see, fighting. we'll see what the new gone, name is. By, it'll be gone way before then. But you see, like the um, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, and it has like an Irish right. um, two two fists up in the air, you know, and that. And look at St. Patrick's Day. I mean, if you think of anything as offensive, like everything is like Irish. Irish, I was drunk and all the stuff, which I, mean, I thought I find funny or whatever. But I mean, it's like there's nothing more stereotypical than St. Patrick's Day. But I think the the biggest deal with um, the Redskins, I think the most people who are offended are these fucking white people who get offended for everybody all the time. These white people, like like it doesn't matter if um, Native Americans are offended or not. These white people are going to be offended for them. And they're going to sit there and like uh, and sit there and bitch about it online and want, you know, want everybody to see that they're such a good person. They're going to stick up for all these um, yeah. Native Americans, whether they're offended or not. Yeah, I mean, I think polling the Native American audience was the best way. And if they weren't offended by it, then but I don't know. We'll see what the new name is. Um, it's not the Ravens and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It will be the red something. Oh, I think the, the red Ravens. tails, the red it's wolves. It's a black bird. Why are we? Oh, it's a black bird. Why has oh, it yeah. got to be a black? Right. <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah. we're looking into it too deep. I mean, I literally, there was a video today where this guy, he was like going through the grocery aisle and he was like, and he's a white guy, but like, he was like, we've canceled Uncle Ben's and we've canceled Aunt Jemima. And then he literally went through and he was like, why there's so many white Keebler elves? He's like no. canceled, no. and then he's like this man on the Quaker Oats. He he doesn't he looks too. He, he said something. Like, he didn't say he looks too white, but he's just like he's like I don't like the look of this guy. Canceled. And like he went through, and I'm like, and he's like wheat thins. That that makes women think they need to be thin. What about wheat <laughs> thick? 
Yeah. And I'm just like, I mean, yeah, because everyone wants to be and that's exactly what he said. It's like everyone wants to be offended about so many things, and I'm like, I think we're losing sight of the ish of the real right. ish. Right, right, right. What a great time to wow. be alive, where the the things that you're worried about most are like, are like, um, what's on a pancake box and the name of a football team. Yeah. Like what a time to be alive, where people like in Vietnam were worried about like, oh, I'm gonna get, I'm 18, I'm gonna get drafted and, and be sent over to this country and get and get right. shot. And well, killed. and the Blown the problem up. is, is like, like so I just watched Gone with the Wind. The other day, I'd okay. never seen it. I haven't and, seen it. Yet. And I, I mean, I loved it. Like, and I just remember, like, yeah, we did talk about half of my yeah. half of my family is black and half my family is white. And I remember, like, the black side of my family always being like, oh, it's racist, it's racist. And like, when I talk to my mother about it, I'm like, yes, there are stereotypes of black slaves. However, that was the time period. I mean. The scenery is beautiful. Like Scarlett is a crazy bitch that's out for her money, so I don't fault her for that. But I'm just <laughs> like, I'm like, the movie is good. Like I want to read the book, and I think the problem with the entertainment industry is when we, is when you take a certain culture and you only portray them in these. Like in the movie, there's the mammy, there's the dumb idiot black girl, and then there's like the <laughs> docile. The docile black man. But again, they were slaves and that was the time period. But if we take, if we, throughout film, if we portray people of color, Asian, black, white, whatever, in many different lights, which I think we're getting better at, then society as a whole, we shouldn't have to say, well, we're canceling the Redskins and we're canceling Uncle Ben's and we're canceling Aunt Jemima's because normal everyday people aren't going to be like, oh, I have a black friend. Like, that's you on the Aunt Jemima box. Like, no, like, it's not, that's right. not the point. Just yeah, like, right. does that make sense what I'm trying yeah. to say? Like, that's yeah. not the yeah. point. Like, the point is we should all be treated equally and let's look at the few people that aren't following accordingly, but I don't think we need to cancel everything, everything. tear down right. statues and erase history because that's yeah. when you are doomed to repeat it i think that's very and i'm off my i'm off my soapbox all right let's wrap it up here on below the belt yeah. show no um, wrestling news well really quick though ba- with baseball news um oh, yeah. dr anthony fauci threw out the first pitch of the nationals I game and he was had that man <clears> do that Way off, way off pitch. He should stick to science. Yes. Controversial photos of him seated without the mask. But, you know, I got to say, dude, he's next to his wife, man. Cut the guy a break, dude. His mask was a little bit lower past his mouth or nose, but he was next to his wife. Big fucking deal. I'm really concerned about um, supposedly some of the the Mariners tested positive for COVID-19, which could affect some... Some of the games um, going forward, um, and as you know, the NBA's uh, season is going to start soon. They're actually um, asking NBA fans uh, to appear on 17-foot video boards uh, and surround the court at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in Orlando. As you know, all the games for the season will be held in one place, and I think wow. that's what baseball and sadly football might have to do um to prevent 
any coronavirus um, outbreak is to keep it in one venue so players don't travel and fly. What a fucked up year. It's fucked up, man. It's so <laughs> fucked it. up. Get me out and, of this year. Uh, one, one good news on sports is that, that Mike Tyson's coming out of retirement for an exhibition fight against um, um, Roy Jones Jr. Um, they're both in their 50s, so <laughs> expect a, a middle-aged fight for the uh, ages. But, um, yeah, look out for it, man. Um, I think Tyson's I was about to say how old him. is he? 54. Tyson's 54. Wow. Our well wishes go out to Charlotte Flair. She's un- undergoing implant surgery to fix a, uh, a leaking implant, so she'll be out for a while. And, she needs um, help. Give me a call. Okay. <laughs> and sadly, Carrie Scene will be leaving WWE. She uh, wants to be with her husband in Japan, so she um, has been written out of a Raw um, this past Monday uh, with a possible injury angle. But um, in the world of wrestling, you never know if they're going to come back. So I don't have any other wrestling news, but we do have to announce um, a sad rest in pieces for those that have passed away. A huge name in the hosting world, talk show world, game show world. Regis Philbin, the age of 88, um, sadly had passed away. Yeah, he's um, definitely an icon. Yeah, yeah he is. What's his but, show? Like, he wants to be a millionaire? Was that him? He was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah. He was in Regis and Kelly, which now mm-hmm. is Regis and which is now in uh, Kelly and Ryan. Um, he, I mean, he was, um, he announced the Tonight Show. He, I mean, he was—he's just an icon in yeah. the talk show. He's working well into his 80s, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, man. Kelly Ripa called him a mentor. Yeah. So we're beyond saddened to learn about the loss of Regis Philbin. He was an ultimate class act, bringing his laughter and joy to our homes every day for more than 23 years. Also, we lost John Saxton, a character actor known um, for westerns. Um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and of course, one of my favorites, Enter the Dragon. The Bruce um, Lee story? That's right. Bruce Lee film. Um, sadly, um, John had passed away at the age of 83. Um, also, you mentioned Morgan uh, Gone with the Wind, Olivia de yeah. Um Yes, she's a two-time Oscar-winning actress. Also in The Snake Pit. Um, she died at 104. Yeah, she was older. Wow. Yeah, she I think she was the last life. Yeah, she was the last principal cast, um, surviving principal cast, um, actor of Gone with, Gone the, with Wind? the Wind. Yeah, ah, uh, she was the last surviving uh, cast member. Of the yeah, the, uh, of the main cast. Of the main cast. Wow. Yep. <clears throat> also, Jacqueline Scott, an actress uh, that was in The Fugitive with uh, Walter Matthau, had passed away due to lung cancer harry klein hollywood publicist and awards campaigner had passed away lars bjork film executive produced the drama havoc starring anne hathaway bijou phillips peter green founding member of fleetwood mac Mm -hmm. passed away at the age of 73 no cause of death given for that one um kansai yamamoto a fashion designer who worked Closely with David Bowie, as well as Elton John and Stevie Wonder, um, passed away due to leukemia. Mm. Um, Royanna Black Hubble, who was from the sitcom Raising Miranda, 
several other 80s and 90s shows. Passed away at the age of 47. Demetria Mimi Roach from Bad Girls Club, uh, reality TV personality, passed away at the age of 34. Malik B, rapper from The Roots, um, during their um, early years. He had left the group at the turn of the millennium, but uh, was there in the first few albums in the 90s. You're a reaper tonight, aren't you? And sadly, (laughs) Becky Mullen, former Glow wrestler. Uh, who was known as the farmer's daughter. Sally, had, the farmer's daughter. Sally, the farmer's daughter, had uh, passed away due to kidney, colon, and liver cancer. Yeah. Rest in peace to um, those in the entertainment industry that have passed on today. That's a big list. Yeah, but with death comes life. Yeah. So happy birthday announcements. For those who have turned <laughs> another year around the sun and uh, another year above ground, Gary Busey, 76. Happy birthday, Gary. Wow. Comedian Richard Lewis from Kirby Enthusiasm, um, 73 today. He's only 73. He looks 100. <laughs> he doesn't looks he? Like, he does look like a corpse. He, he looks does. so he sick. Does. <laughs> I don't know if that's part of his character or what, but he looks so deathly withered. on Kirby Enthusiasm. So withered. And he's dating all these like hot young things. Yes. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Him, him and Larry. Here and Larry David. They're like 70 plus, and they're dating like 30 somethings. I'm like, well, Larry, I can so... see because he's like he created science. I don't know. That's just a 40 year difference. That's kind of is that a little it's much, called, Morgan? It's like, called money. I get it, but 40 years. I mean, that's a little extreme. Hey, cash. All right. No. You can do it when you're 70. You would, Al. Yeah. You no would. comments. <laughs> Maria Cachita Alonso, 65. I don't think related related to Johnny Alonso. Uh, <laughs> Amanda Donahue's 58, Judith Hogue from Nashville, 57, Kathleen Wilhoyt from Gilmore Girls, 56, Melora Hardin from The Office, 53. Um, haven't heard of any of these people. Skip that. Luke Kirby from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel's 42. Nicole Scherzinger, Pussycat Dolls. Happy birthday, Nicole. She's 42. She's amazing Co- still. Yeah. She is amazing. Hey. Yeah, on The Masked Singer, you can catch her. Colin Joseph, Saturday Night Live, and the luckiest man in Hollywood because he's banging Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> is 38. Actress Lily Rabe from American Horror Story. I love her. She's great. She's 38 today. Andrea of Andrea Danity Kane is 37. I'm throwing her out because we interviewed her from back Danny in the Kane, day. Yes. Yes. Love. 37. Can you believe Andrea's 37? Wow, time flies. And another Latina, Camila Mendez, who we also interviewed on Below the Belt Show on location to Philadelphia Comic Con. I caught her to SAG After Awards as well. Um, she's a sweetheart. She remembered me in the interview, so which I thought was cool. Uh, happy birthday, Camila is 26 today. What an awesome show, guys. This concludes tonight's episode of Below the Belt Show. Like... Great show from top to bottom. Let's thank, of course, our special guest co host for the first half, publicist Ashley. Buck, um, you can um, a a b uh, publicity up in uh, uh, Toronto. Sorry, a b publicity up in Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, provided some great guests for us around below the belt show. I'd like to thank, of course, actress Chet Siegel from Search Party, and of course, check out Uncle Peckerhead on video on demand. A really fun horror film. Even Morgan liked it. Liked it. Who is typically not a horror fan, but you enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a 
Great show, guys. And because The Roots passed away, I'd like to end with a cool cut, guys. This is a great song from The Roots with uh, Malik B. Um, and um, it came out in uh, 1993 from the album Do You Want More, which was their first major uh, label release. Um, so this is The Roots, Distortion to Static. Um, and uh, yes, rest of the you're at. Pardon? How's it still light where you're at? Oh, I know, right? Are you like... That's a background. Is that, is that oh, dope? Is, is that dope? <laughs> so cool, huh? And Morgan says it's a background. <laughs> Thank I, you, Morgan. I, <laughs> pretty cool, huh? I love this background. It's beautiful. All right, guys. On behalf of Morgan Fabulous, Morgan Fab, <laughs> I love that sweater. Uh, Chef Shaw's like, Morgan Fab. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for uh, being a part of Believe the Bell Show. Chachi McFly, the king of the 80s. See ya. Al Soto, Celebrity Soto. Next week, guys, Bill and Ted's fans, we have Amy Stock, who played the stepmother in Bill and Ted's, and she's going to be in Bill Ted 3. So awesome. great guest for next week, guys. We will see you guys next week. Until then. Peace. Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain.
Goodbye, 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 goodbye.